Well, hello. Friday, May 29th. Feel good Friday. Got a good one for you. Hey, got a good one for you. Good conversation, thoughtful stuff, magic. It's been daddy daycare at the house. So I'm, you know, giving treats to cats, feeding the dogs, taking them outside to pee and poop, giving some snacks to the raccoon out on the back, you know, wild night, busy night. But hey, today, This podcast, this mindset is we're going in to have the greatest weekend of our entire life that we could potentially have during a quarantine. You get it. Here we go. Let's get to it. I can't thank you enough for listening. If you enjoy this show, please tell a friend. If you don't enjoy the show, just act like it never fucking happened. Hashtag this is where I'm at, Pat. Send a picture of where you're watching from. Be a part of something that we're making for the end of this whole quarantine thing. Uh, We're thankful that we get a chance to penetrate your ears. We're in this thing together. All right. Hey, Val, take it easy on the bowl, huh? Okay, geez. Joining us now, a man who has joined our show, boxing legend. He's here for UniteForOurFight.org, which is an incredible campaign, uh, raising money and attention for youth education and emotional support. He's the only four-time champion in the history of boxing. Ladies and gentlemen, Evander Holyfield. How do you feel about it? Do I look good there? Oh, yeah, yeah, you look good. Evander, I have a question for you. You look incredible as well. We've seen some videos um, on the internet surfacing of you being in great shape. You've come out and you said, hey, I'm at 215, which was my fighting weight and everything of that nature. Uh, did you and Tyson have a conversation a few months ago and say, hey, let's get back in shape and give this thing a run again? Or is it just a coincidence that you two are in incredible shape in your mid-50s at about the same time? Well, I'm coincident because the fact of the matter, I always stay in shape. Oh, I, I like that. My mama told me she said, "Hey, look, if you don't, if you if you don't if, if you don't make the mistakes, then you don't have to fix them." <laughs> oh, but, you know, so I pretty much, you know, pretty much it's the same type of things I try to uh, tell the kids. You know, take care of yourself while you're young. You're like this, and you'll be all right when you get older. I haven't done that, Evander. To be honest, I have beaten the hell out of my body with different drugs and eating habits. But seeing you in the shape that you're in and the video of you punching and seeing Tyson and now Roy Jones Jr., I guess, is getting back in the shape. It makes me inspired to get after it and go for it. How long have you been uh, boxing? Have you continued boxing routines throughout this entire time for the last 20 years? Sure. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. With, with me, it's just a part of exercise. I, I do. I shadow box a lot, and uh, you know, move around and all that. Because when you do that, then you don't you don't stiffen up and all that. Everything's everything works. Okay, so Tyson has come out and said he wants some exhibition fights. Anderson Silva now has come out and said that he wouldn't mind fighting Conor McGregor. You're coming out and saying, I'll do some exhibition fights. Roy Jones Jr. is coming out and saying he'll do some exhibition fights. What is it about this time? Is it because you're feeling like you're in good shape? You're seeing other people potentially get back in the game? What is it about the time period now where you're seeing a lot of legends come back and say, hey, I think I can give it a go a couple times if I had to? Well, I, I was I was doing that anyway. So somebody somebody told me and said, "Look, hey man, why don't you do a little pre exhibition and and you know and because some people, a lot of people haven't seen you, and you know a lot of, a lot of countries I, I I didn't go to and said you know you can make a lot of money. You just going doing an exhibition and and showing people 
at your age, you can you can still do it. You know, I'm I'm I'll be 58 in October, like this, but I can I can I can I can shout box real well. You know, I don't know if I can box real well. But I can <laughs> I talked to Matt Sarah yesterday on UFC Unfiltered, which is a podcast the UFC has. He and Jim Norton do it. And I was talking to him about how, you know, seeing seeing you and seeing Tyson work out, it's like the bags look good. The shadow boxing looks good. How big of a difference is it from a shadow box and having the technique to having to react and having to get hit in the face and everything like that? Do you think it's a big difference? Big difference there, you know? Because um, you know what? You know, I'm just, that's just like, anybody mimicking what a person do. But, you know, in boxing, you know you know two things. Either you're going to hit this guy or you're going to move. And whichever one you wrong, you're going to get hit. <laughs> so, you know, so that that's, that's a whole big part of the game. You know, if I don't move quick enough, I get hit. If I don't hit that guy, I get hit. So, you know, and so it's, it's an art to it that that when, even when you're facing somebody, you got to know who got the longer arm, who who hit the hardest, and what shot that you can take that you you don't want to take. And you know, so you know, so Tyson, Tyson, that that type of person who 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 love to hit you to the body, and they slip the uppercut on like that. So those two is two biggest devastating punches that he knocked people out with. Okay, so whenever you see Tyson doing these things, because every once in a while, in the last like year or so, since he's gotten really back into shape, videos will pop up of him either teaching fighters like a little sidestep hit thing like that. And me, as a amateur or as a fan, I'm like, damn, he looks like he's still throwing refrigerators and that type of thing. Whenever you watch his workout videos or something of that nature, do you think like, hey, if I was to get in that ring again, I would be able to beat him for a third time now at this point? Do you think that whenever you watch those things? Or is it like, hey, I have no idea how he'll react. I have no idea how I'll react when we're actually getting hit in the face. Well, you know, see, the art of the game, the art of the game, you know, you know, the bag don't punch back. You ain't never seen a bag knock nobody out. Well. The bag oh, I'm telling but this is, but you working on techniques, but that's the whole big thing of working on technique. And you, and you do these things while people are not watching. But you're doing that because instinctively, you do this enough when you box. You're, you're moving and you'll be able to hit this guy with that if you if the guy miss you but you get he got to miss you before you get into that short range and so you know so Tyson that's where he, he got shorter arms than the Georgia all the, the heavyweight so he had to either get you get you get in or get you to bag back so so he kind of like that Cobra if you bag back even though he's short he he make up the distance quick, he very quick. So he get there, and so when people lean back, they lean right into his shot, everybody won. How did the guy with the lip in the arm catch him? Cause he, he very good if you go backwards. Okay, so you have come out and said, I'm not gonna challenge Mike Tyson. And I believe your quotes were, if I came out and challenged Mike Tyson, I've already beat him twice. People would be like, well, you're challenging somebody you already beat. Which, by the way, in of itself was already a challenge, basically, the way you <laughs> worded that. But what are you thinking about who these exhibition fights could potentially be about? And when are these potentially gonna take place? Well, the thing is, you know, they, you know, they got covered on the state when things open up. All I know, things ain't open up now. So ain't no sense of saying what you gonna do, cause you don't know when it gonna open up. And you know, 
you know, I have people who have called us and said, well, we'll be open up at a certain time, and, and but this all these places out of the country. And so, you know, because they, they tend to have it together a little bit more than what we have it together. We don't, we don't know what we're going to do right now. But a lot of other countries already know what they're going to do and what time they they they, they going to be open. Who would you be fighting over there? Would it be a shadow boxing exhibit, or would you actually be fighting people at 57, turning 58 in October, I believe you just said? Who would you... Wait, wait, yeah. I'm, but I'm going to be fighting somebody that's not going to be that young. You know, I ain't a member of 19 and 20 and 22. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm like somebody like Reddit Boat. I'm somebody that... Okay. Somebody that, that you know, that, that people already know and can fight and all this, we're doing an exhibition. You know, this is not a, a knockout drag out thing. You like to, I, I don't want to get into that. What is an so exhibition I, fight? What does that look like? Is there different rules, obviously, than if it was a knockdown drag? What would an exhibition look well, like? An exhibition is somebody, exhibition is like a three round, a three round. And, and this is, a, you know, you got headgears and you, you make the rules to, what it gonna be? If we gonna go two minutes round, then we go two minutes round. That's an exhibition. Ain't nobody don't nobody win or nothing. Oh, so you, so it's just like, hey, we're getting in here to display our skills at this. People who maybe never got a chance to see Evander Holyfield or Riddick Bow fight before they get a chance to see them live. For instance, I was too young. Whenever you were just cleaning up, twenty eight and zero or something like that. At one point, I was too right. uh, I was too young for that. I remember the fights with Tyson because of the legacies that kind of have built out from that. But I think that is a good marketing uh, ploy, but not ploy, but a marketing stunt. No, not a stunt either. Like a marketing <laughs> angle, though. It's like I never got a chance to see Evander Holyfield in a fight, a live fight. That is a good idea. the The interesting thing is, there's no winner. That that how does that how does that even work? You just both say, "Yeah, we did it." The thing is, the thing is, is for people to be that be at that age and be able to even perform a little bit, it's showing that this is the reason. What that's a whole big point of for the foundation is telling the young people: if you start young, taking care of yourself. You don't wait till you get old to start taking care. You said you start young. You, you you get the good habits where you you don't have to put nothing down. And so this is you know like I, I wouldn't be who I am as my mama would my mother wouldn't continue to tell me and say look pay attention what pay attention stop all that stuff. Cause my mama just tell me I I care what type of man you're gonna be more so than a kid. So you know after 16 years old they want to throw you in jail. Then you're a grown man. And say, so that, so that your whole life may be in jail if you get in trouble early. And because once you get, once you get, once you get 16, they throw you in prison. Unite for our fight is taking care of underprivileged youth, uh, both financially, education wise, and support emotionally and physically. How long have you been doing that, Evander? How long have you been tied into that? Well, you know, I, I've been tied in ever since 1990. In 1990, I became the heavyweight champ of the world. Once I became the heavyweight champion of the world, I knew that I never would have been who I am if it wasn't for the boys, the boys and girls club. Cause that's where my safe haven was. You know, I, I lived in the ghetto, but I was at the boys club all the time, seven days, about six days a week, and and so this allowed me to get. You know, I didn't. I I had my behaviors were different because I was around different people. 
uh, somehow if you round just people in your neighborhood, pe people want to be like the same people they around. But since I was in, I was at the boys club, they had, they had, they had rules and regulation that I had to follow. And so I didn't get into trouble that people who, who was just staying together around people who did bad stuff. I, I went around people who did a lot of bad things. Giving back uh, whenever you get to the top of your profession is incredible. So uniteforourfight.org is an incredible operation. I'm happy you're going to potentially put together a series of exhibition fights to raise money and attention for that. That's good news. Let's talk, though, about a massive moment that has to be talked about. And I'm sure you've talked about it probably 7,000 times in your life. And I'm sure you do not want to talk about it. But it's still getting memed on the Internet at the current time. When Tyson bit your ear off on live pay-per-view in front of millions and millions of people, it immediately became something that nobody truly understood. How is the ear now? And when that happened, did you have any concept of like, I cannot, is that man eating my ear? Like, is that what the initial thought was in your head whenever you started feeling something there? Well, well no, when he didn't own the ear, my first thought was to bite him back. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to bite him back. I was going to bite him back if, if, if my, my corner guy, my corner guy at that time, a guy named Tim Hallmark. Now, this prophet had told us, now, prophet had told us he said, something bad going to happen in this fight because this is on the way this guy can win. And, and I said, and he said, he said it's going to happen in your face area. He said, you know, and I just thought maybe I'd get hit with an elbow, a hit, but because these are things that, that happen, you know. Never ever in my life thought I would ever get bit. And like that, so when, when he bit me on the ear, I jumped up and, man, and I was, man, I was so mad and stuff. The first thing, I like I told Tyson, I told him this stuff. I said, you know the big old cheeks you got? I said, I'm going to bite you right there. And I was going <laughs> to let everybody know. You know, that's good. In, in our neighborhoods and stuff, anybody do anything to you, you got to do it worse. And so that's what I'm going to do because that's the instinct that came in me. But when I was told, when I, when, when this prophet told us this, I told I told my corner guy uh, Tim Hallmark I said like remind me if this happened you know like and I was hoping that it didn't happen and but I remember I remember he kept hollering out when I I and I was thinking of the plan because I was like now I see Tyson looking at me and so I realized if you act like you're scared then people think they got you yeah, but I was only gonna act that way where he can get close to me where I can grab it because I was going to trip him up and, and bite it. But my, my corner guy kept shouting. He just kept, don't do it. Don't eat Evander, keep your mind on the Lord. So he kept saying that over and over and over. And I was getting mad with him because he kept saying that. <laughs> I wanted to do what I wanted to do. But because he kept saying that, then all of a sudden my mind thought about what my grandmama would tell me. My grandmama used to always tell me, she said, revenge is the Lord's now. They always catch the second person. They never, they, 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 they don't say nothing about the first person, but the person who do a second. I remember the time when I used to get all these whipping. They will always catch me chasing behind somebody. I was the second person, because somebody always do something to me. And every time I 
try to get them, I get caught. And so my brother used to tell me, say, all right, now, revenge is the Lord. <laughs> you, you sitting in there with your ear missing and bleeding and thinking about biting him in his cheek and then your corner person being like, hey, hey, and you thinking of your grandma in the middle of a fight with Mike Tyson, you thinking of your grandma saying, hey, the, re the retaliator's gonna get it. You're like, all right, I guess I just, I'll just, I want it. All right, all right, okay, all right, all right, let's get it. And then you end up getting a win. What an incredible story of discipline right there. I mean, because everything in you, I'd assume, wanted to retaliate and get revenge. You being able to hold off, you get the win, obviously, they caught the first guy, by the way. It was telling evidence by Tyson that he did do something there. Uh, and I can't wait to see your exhibition fights, Evander. I can't thank you enough for joining us. Well, thank you. Hey, do you guys hate Foreman for that grill? No. After, you, know, that, you know what? You know, if you really think about it, he got that after he lost that fight against me. And <laughs> he, after that fight, now after that fight, at that fight, he was he was so nice about the situation. He looked at me and said, "You want to fight, man?" He said, "Wow." He <laughs> said, so, "Cause I was wondering why they would even let me fight George, cause he's older." And 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 my my manager at the time said, "You know why they they want you want you to fight George? Because they believe George's gonna knock you out." Oh. I, I said I said I said man I said this guy old, now, which he was forty two. And I was 29. I said, guys, he said, Evander, they would not be giving you $21 million for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> they thought that people don't give money away. Because, <laughs> you know, I wanted, at that time, I wanted to fight, I wanted to fight Mike Tyson. Because everybody was telling me, you're not a champion, you ain't beat Mike Tyson. And so, you know what, I would like to, I want to fight him. So, but they were giving me, $30 million to fight. They, they won't give me $30 million to fight Tyson, but they won't give me 20 to fight uh, a Foreman. And I said, and I told him, I said, yeah, I want to fight Tyson. He said, no, we need $50 million. We need both of them to fight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the manager, and I just want to tell you what it is. And I said, they only, they only pay you 20 because they think he hit you one time, you're gone. I said, oh, I said, okay, all right. Call 50 sound better than 30. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I went that route. Well, great business, man. I wish they would have had the Holy or Holyfield grill because the thing was immaculate. Good for George. Good for you. Excited to see you get back in there. And I hope somebody pays you another $30 million <laughs> to fight Mike Tyson again because I think the whole world will want to see it. Or Riddick Bowe or Roy Jones Jr. Ladies and gentlemen, boxing legend, the only four-time champ. Unite for our fight.org, Evander Holyfield. Thank you, Evander. Yeah. Thank you, Evander. It's always hard to get the proper nutrition into your body, whether you're on the go, whether you're working, or maybe you're just lazy and don't really think about it. A company has come along and made one scoop to make your life a better one, and that's our friends at Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is a one-stop shop for everything that your body could possibly fucking need from a nutritional standpoint in one clean scoop. I, I am a big fan of this Athletic Greens. I've never taken care of myself. I'm a noted poor eater, poor drinker, 
poor liver. And now that we've been on this run here for the last 11, 12 weeks, the thing that I've noticed that has saved me just a little bit has been my scoop of athletic greens. And I also have travel packets, which have worked out perfectly for everything we have get going right now. You need to get this into your daily routine because your nutritional needs need you to have you ready for whatever the day throws at you. You struggle to get in nutrient-dense fruit and veggies. You're looking to overcome gut health issues or nutrient deficiencies. You just don't feel as good as you used to. You travel frequently or struggle to eat as well on the road. You're an athlete or professional seeking enhanced performance. You don't want to take multiple supplements at home or on the road. If all of these things are yeses or any of these things are yeses, you need to get with Athletic Greens right now. Your body's nutritional needs change due to stress, travel, sleep patterns, exercise, and the imperfect diet. Even with a balanced, healthy diet, it can be tough to cover your nutritional bases. That's why top performers, athletes, executives, and entrepreneurs trust Athletic Greens. Right now, you can get 20 free travel packs, which is valued at $79 with your first purchase whenever you go to athleticgreens.com forward slash pat that's 20 free travel packs which is valued at 79 dollars for free when you go to athleticgreens.com forward slash pat respect your body appreciate your body fill it up with the right shit athletic greens has all the good shit for you athleticgreens.com forward slash pat 20 free travel packets Hello! Welcome to McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk. I am Patrick McAfee. Sitting to my left is the handsome former Super Bowl champion linebacker for the Green Bay Packers and the Ohio State where he was a national champion. Ladies and gentlemen, his jawline looks like a shovel. His eyes are blue steel. A.J. Hawk. Hawk, 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 Hawk. Let's go, A.J. What'd you print out, Pat? Uh, it's an ad read, but we should wait until... We have a new ad, by the way. It's a big... Hey, we got a new ad, and I think a lot of our listeners are going to enjoy this, but I got to wait until there's some more people in, in the in the show. You know what I mean? I got to wait until there's to, to Still more Still filing people. in. We got Jeff Passan joining us in about 23 minutes, AJ. He's an MLB insider on ESPN. He is awesome to talk to also. I, I didn't know much about him. Thought he was a big old fucking nerd on television. <laughs> and then he came on our show. He was amazing. Baseball is in an interesting spot right now, AJ. Yes, they are. I mean, the players seem to be t- trying to take some control back of the situation. Like, they're not just going to bow down and, and do whatever the owners tell them to do. So I think it's going to be an interesting next, what, three, four, five days to see how they get this worked out. I don't think there's going to be an MLB season. And if there is, it's not going to be with the major league players. They're going to potentially see guys like us playing. I honestly yes. believe that. Hey, do one of these again. This is going to be a magic trick for people watching at home. Woo! Hey! Oh, uh, wait, one more. Wait. Oh! Might need one more. Mm. Uh uh, do a John Cena. You can't see me. You do, can't do see me. You can't see me. I'm okay. I don't need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, why did my, my camera turn yellow? I, is I it, is it, my are you using a webcam, right? Yeah. Uh, after the after this, we'll we'll fix that. Oh, Zito uh, Production. He said he got it you. Happens back. to me all the time. Who are you webcamming with? Twitch. Uh, I thought you were on a uh, fans only thing. Ooh. Basically, Zeta showing a couple balls oh, out there, fuck. get some bits out there. We can make some money, right, Kenny? 
Oh, he's making oh, money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The bits come rolling in whenever Zito gets a headshot on the shot gang and all that stuff. <laughs> but on his Jack, only, Jack, Jack. on his fans only, I believe he is also making some money, especially <laughs> with the weight that he's losing. Right now, you can find him at fansonly.com forward slash Viva La Zito. Yep, it works. It works, right? Oh yeah. What was this? Hey, what do you? What do they have to do? People that are on the is it fans only or only fans? What do, people you know, pay AJ. money to watch you do what? <laughs> Uh, take off your clothes. It matters. Get um, creative. Use your imagination. I don't. I didn't know this was happening until the boys explained to me that all these strippers, basically, <clears throat> that are in a problem because the pandemic. Because you know you can't really go to a strip club right now. They've taken the pole to the house and then they go on this fans only and then people are just shelling out money and then they have a conversation nice little hustle on there I mean it oh, yeah. feels like it's a, a pretty good move and I told Zito hey maybe get maybe get the big maybe get the big bucks over fans only show them some titties oh, yeah. over there show some Zito oh, yeah. boobies over there maybe get the thing popping off be an entrepreneur for yourself I'll pop a titty out yeah. I'll pop a titty please do Zito Zito is there <laughs> any way for you to research quickly during the show yep like what kind of money people can make on that on that site? I, on it right now. I only know this because former WWE uh, <laughs> diva Sunny is in the news because she has a porn site, and she said she made ninety thousand dollars in five weeks. Average in income. What is she doing on the site? Like, does she have to engage with another individual? Oh, or yeah. just she's her? inhaling pole. <laughs> <laughs> what she's doing? I didn't know. I, I did uh, not know that. Average income it, from an average person: uh, fifteen hundred dollars to eight thousand dollars per month. Zito, you'd be up in at eight thousand. Oh, for oh, sure. Yeah, just let you know that Zito, you'd be up there. What an interesting world we're living in, though, huh? No stripper poles available. No lap dance available. I'll take this thing online. You just send me some money and then uh, buy me some gifts. And this is going to be the entire purpose of this app. What a wild time to be alive. Oh, no. Uh, what a wild time. Yeah, I think he just quit the job. And he's, he he's, was, going he's going on <laughs> He's going on a fans only. That's amazing. I think he's mad because it was yellow. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what it is? It's uh, those webcams. Uh, the setting comes up. It's automatic. And the bookshelf behind that's real, and then him, it, it's trying to like figure out oh, what a he white probably balance. sits down late, by the way. So they probably white balance on the books. Oh, yeah. Then he sits down a lot all of a sudden. Contrasting colors on that. Yeah, real yeah. Bookshelf. It's a real bookshelf too. Yeah. What's going yeah. on, AJ? Good to see you again, man. I couldn't hear it. Everything went mute on me for some reason. We were telling you, we were talking about how awesome the bookcase is behind you, and Zito thinks that that's potentially the white balancing issue that you're currently having is that the webcam it, webcam is white balancing off the real bookshelf you have behind you, and your face is just kind of one of the books, they think. <laughs> that, that makes sense. I guess it could happen, but why would it happen now? And I've had this, this bookcase up for... I'm going to be honest with you. Those webcams have a mind of their own, and sometimes it literally just up, like puts an automatic setting on. Kansas. It's so dumb. Yeah, it's it might dumb. be hacked currently. Oh, maybe. Oh. People want to see them biddies, bro. People want to see them biddies. Let's talk about the uh, NBA. They have come out with an entire proposal, a road, a road map. They'll be down in Orlando because that's the home of Disney, which is one of their biggest sponsors, ABC, ESPN. It'll be a 16-team tournament, bracket style, 1 through 16 seeding, no Eastern, no Western Conference, just through it. But the four teams at the bottom of the Western Conference will be competing for the 16th seed, which I like. Get a chance to see Zion get a chance to see some other young superstars i think this is going to be must-watch television and i like this move by the nba it had come out that they were potentially thinking about finishing their regular season and i was like hey nobody gives a fuck about the regular season anymore <laughs> anything that happened before the quarantine nobody 
even remembers. You know how long ago that was? That might have only been two and a half months, but it has felt like potentially two and a half years at this point. This tournament, the COVID championship, the quarantine champion of the NBA, just like the COVID Cup in the NHL. I like what the NBA is doing, and we get a chance to see what how Zion has handled the quarantine. He potentially could have transformed his body in the last two and a half, three months if he really wanted to. He could have transformed his body, and what if he's just at this level of specimen where he carries the Pelicans from the play-in games to the 16 seed all the way through to number all the way through the win. What if Zion wins? What if Zion wins a world championship in his first year in the NBA when he puts the team on his back, though, coming out of a quarantine with a revenge body because people were body shaming him before the quarantine started? Wow. So would you feel if you were a player and you had no championships and your one championship came during like the COVID Cup, say you're in the NHL or NBA, would you feel slighted that you won a championship and you didn't get to do the victory parade? You didn't have your home crowd there. Like, would you be upset? When Heinz Ward won Dancing with the Stars in Pittsburgh, they gave him a parade. Yep. You can set up a parade anytime. Hey, you remember when we won that fucking championship during a quarantine? Let's do a parade a year from now. Do you ever see when the OGs come back and they're honoring them at the game? 10-year anniversary of the Super Bowl champion, 20-year anniversary. They're celebrated. It's like a spectacle the whole week. We can do the parade later. We can do the parade. Hey, we'll all party this thing together. New Orleans dine there because Zion came out of quarantine ready to go. He's the champion of COVID-19 NBA Finals. Let's do this parade later. We'll pop it off. Yeah. Go ahead. Hey, don't worry Who about cares? it. Who we were the fucking champs? Yeah. Go win it. Yeah, I, I don't think you'd feel slight. And by the way, I think in the NHL and the NBA, if you win this one, you should be more proud, I think, than ever because you were able to handle the biggest adversity that has ever slept the league's right in the face. Plus, if you have the parade right after you're officially allowed to have parades, so it's a oh. celebration for the championship and a celebration for being allowed to have parades again, that's going to be an electric situation. If I'm not even a fan of the team, if I know we're having a parade, and, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm probably going to go just celebrate the fact that, just like you said, that we're even having a parade. Oh, shit, we're celebrating who? Also the Pelicans? Okay. Yeah. okay. It might be the best parade of all time, AJ. I guess, but when does that parade happen? Whatever. Well, you're not. First off, those players are gonna. A lot of the players are gonna be on other teams. You know, a year like the team never looks the same. Basketball is a little different than football, obviously, and hockey. But with not as many players to move around, I don't know. I mean, yeah, of course you want to win. I was talking to somebody yesterday who was very excited for the fact that when so hockey comes back, when basketball comes back, possibly baseball, which you don't think is gonna happen, that when not. all of this kind of hits, it'll be a fun kind of tournament to watch, like oh, a yeah. March Madness type thing with multiple sports. So I think that's the positive coming out of it. Pierre Maguire told us that they don't know where the hub cities are gonna be for the NHL for this whole thing, but they're, they wanna have three games a day at each city. So that's six NHL games happening every single day. With this basketball thing, if it's a best of five series in the bracket mm -hmm. or best of seven or whatever it is, I assume there's gonna be multiple games in a day there too. Mm -hmm. So I, the only thing I'm concerned about the only thing I am genuinely concerned about, maybe too much sport. Like maybe oh, well, too no. much good. Excuse me, too much good. What if Sidney Crosby's getting loose on the ice over there in Vegas because he's got the dangles because all quarantine, all he was doing was flipping shit with his stick, and then all of a sudden Zion's taking on somebody oh, to get no. in the game. At the same time, what do I do, AJ? That is all I'm worried about. But aside from that, if we can figure out how to watch all of these sports that are about to happen, we're about to catch a machine. Of awesome to us on the other side of this, which we did 
predict whenever we went into this quarantine say on the other side of this thing with all this shit getting delayed it is going to be a magical time i'm just worried that my eyeballs aren't going to be able to digest all the greatness and that could be a problem and we should start preparing ourselves accordingly do you guys think um like if the ratings and stuff are great for the nhl playing games during the day and the nba playing games during the day that when everything's back to normal, they'll stay with that format or they'll go do the nightly games? AJ, this is a question I have for you. When the World Cup is on, people at work just have it playing on their computer. People that don't even like soccer, it's just something to do. Whenever the WWE does these pay-per-views in Saudi Arabia, people just have it on because there's something going on. Whenever March Madness happens, now granted people are trying to get out of work, but they have it on even if they're not. Why don't more sports Try to take advantage, and this goes against everything you've probably ever been taught about prime time and when's the right time to be on. But I think with the way the world consumes content now, I think the weekday during the day is not that terrible of a time. If it's a C or a B or C game, just toss that thing on there. You might end up with more ratings than you could ever imagine. Of course. I mean, it's especially coming out the, the whole COVID thing, whenever maybe the first month of action will just get astronomical ratings. I just wonder how long they can sustain. And if you're hockey, you want to get as much as you can. You want to finish before football starts, obviously, don't they? Like when with the proposed hockey plan, when does the Stanley Cup, when does that happen? So they, they're thinking end of July, early August from what I've been told. And then they to want to start. Wait, just before they start it. Yeah, mid-July is what everybody's thinking it's going to be, but they want to start the the next season and have a full season in November, right? Is that accurate? Yeah, like uh, November, December, January, somewhere in that time. So this shit, they have to get the COVID Cup done, and then they have to get the next season started by November, December, because they said, Pierre Maguire said, we have to have a full 2021 season, have to do it. So they have to get it all in there. The golf tournaments are obviously tossed in there. So we got football, we got NBA, we got NHL, we got golf tournaments happening. Derby, the, the AFL. Kentucky Derby, we got the AFL, Aussie Rules football happening in the early, early mornings. Korean I mean, baseball. Dur- no, it's over. It's Fuck, over. We're yeah. fucking done with Korean. Wait, <laughs> is it done? Or you, or you're, we're no, done. we're just kind of done with it. We, Past. We, I mean, I enjoyed it. I think the dino's still cool. I appreciate everything that they, they've they done in, in trying to provide highlights. But, you know, it just got to a point where we couldn't fucking do it anymore. Yeah, so, aside from that, we got MLB's not going to happen either, except for maybe replacement players or maybe a sideshow circus where the biggest stars just run out of uh, stadiums and go do home run derbies while they're eating all the steroids. That's something they could potentially do. I don't think they're going <laughs> to negotiate a deal. We'll talk to Jeff Passanat in 12 minutes but there's going to be a lot going on here this is going to become something that is very very interesting and it all has to get done in such a short time period and uh that's why i think the logistics of this whole thing the real meat and potatoes behind the scheduling and all this stuff that is the stuff that all still has to be worked out and i think those conversations are going to be long ones i think those are going to be tough to figure out so like hockey goes back aren't, aren't players allowed to go back to the facilities next week i think like in small groups skates on ice yep. skates on ice but they're gonna have like a six-week training camp it seems like if we're not starting until the end of july for them they have to though i think that was a big part of it because remember gary bettman said players no. safety and health is paramount and cardiovascularly they're not going to be ready to get back on the ice aj they need well, they, i understand most of them have not been able to skate right now because you can't get into a rink and skate during COVID. It's not like basketball where you can put a hoop up in your driveway and still work on your game. So it's different in that sense, but they don't need six weeks to get in shape. I need probably six months at this point. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm not 100%. Maybe what are you talking about? You explained your pool workout sounded very grueling, like, and you've been handling that fine. That's what I'm saying, and I'm nowhere. I've been going 
harder than I've gone in probably, what, over a decade, I'd assume, in beating the hell out of my body at the moment. And I think I'm probably good three, four months away from doing anything truly stressful. Let's assume the hockey players are in much better shape. I mean, maybe not Phil Kessel and the boys, but there's Carly's. I think it is going to have to take a little bit to get the legs back because I feel like hockey is a sport where if you're not fully good, the chance of injury has to be rather high. Oh, soft, yeah. soft tissue injuries? Oh, your fucking knee just And it may not take a full six weeks, but it's better to say that, okay, give ourselves more time. Then they can always move it up. You, it always sucks when you have to move it back. Then you just look bad. They won't be able to move anything, by the way. Once they get the date set, they have so many other shit they got to figure out that that date is going to be set. That's like the goal. That's the landmark. That's how everything goes. You agree with that, yeah? Sure, but I, I saw Columbus is on the short list of uh, possible destinations uh -huh. for one of the hub cities. Columbus is probably going to get it, too. We started doing the math. Pittsburgh, which obviously is hockey time, which everybody hopes Pittsburgh gets it so we can display the Bridge City and display the Iron City and display the Steel City and Hockey Town in beautiful fashion. But I'm not sure the setup is what they're going to be uh, looking for. Columbus's arena is right across the street from their practice facility, right? It's It's connected. Yeah, so that seems like that's probably going to be. Is there enough hotels and shit in Columbus, Ohio? 105,000 people come for Ohio State games. I'd assume that they can house a lot of people. Yeah, and I, I, I think for sure because the Arnold Classic is here every year. I think like 400,000 people come in for that, something crazy. So I, I would imagine that they can handle it, and the hotels would be more than happy to accommodate. Are we wearing hazmat suits down to the, down to the rink every single day, you and me over there in Columbus? We might have to. We, well, no, man. How do we can we work out a press pass? You know there'll be some press at these games. I don't think there is. Some. They they are they will allow yeah, UFC has field. a couple. They have some press there. You don't even have to travel. you you guys are easily getting in. UFC though is such a smaller uh, amount of people. <clears throat> That's what I'm saying though. What if hockey says, Okay, we're gonna have ten press passes for this game and they're gonna be scattered throughout the arena? Oh, so I get my own section? Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, sweet. Maybe we'll, we you each know, get our own box. We get know, a, a loge. You know what I've been saying, AJ? And I think Everybody in this room, at least, and maybe, what's that? A loge. A loge. A loge. Yeah, I don't know. A lounge, I think, is what he's saying. I don't know. I I know some guys that work at the arena, and they say, "Oh, I sell loges." And I'm like, "All right, oh. is that a suite? Is that a box? Is that like oh. a special seat where you get food delivered? Like, what is it?" And I still oh, haven't I, figured it out. I've seen that. I thought it's, I thought it was like lodges. a lodge, like yeah. a like a yeah. house. Loge. Is there a house? They call it a loge. Hmm. Oh, it's like a chaise, not lodge. a chase. Like a loge. Target. Target. Private box or enclosure in a theater. Pat, you still laugh at people oh. when they like Lincoln. Huh. If someone tells you they're going to Target, do you laugh? I'm like, oh, that's so funny. Still. Well, if, her, <laughs> if it's if it's a 30-year-old lady on a motorized wheelchair, and oh, she's at oh, 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 oh. I think it's very funny. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, oh, my God. Uh, cool. Uh, Do you know what we're speaking about right now? No. No, no uh, chance. Well, uh, not going to talk about it. Jennifer ate a fire. <laughs> a fire fucking, uh, what is that a called? Fire extinguisher. A fire. She ate a fire extinguisher. Uh, Jennifer, she's, she's only 30, Jennifer. by the way. Everybody thought she was a potentially an elderly lady. She's got a knife. She had a long night in Minneapolis in front of her favorite target last night. I just would like that. Jennifer had a long night. And Jennifer, by the way, despicable human, I assume, yeah. if, I, if I had to guess. But she had a long night. Wait, did this come – was this part of, like, the rioting and mm -hmm. stuff that's going on? Yeah, so there was uh, looting happening in Minneapolis because people – rightfully so very now i don't think looting and rioting is the right move but people are very pissed off about uh the passing of george floyd and the fashion 
and then the in the way that it happened obviously murdered the guy that the cop that did it by the way the asshole uh that looks at the camera and is on he's gotten written up a dozen times for police misconduct this guy so it's not like this is the first time that this guy has done things that are just asinine so i hope they all go to jail what do it it's it's absolutely terrible but the riots happen looting happens it, it looks like a war zone over there because people are obviously pissed and jennifer uh who is on a motorized wheelchair saw her target getting looted and and she rolled her ass down there and i'll tell you what she had a knife she was trying to protect this house with a knife at a target <laughs> and she was rolling around trying to stab people and uh uh jennifer is only 30 by the way she's not and she got an entire fire extinguisher to her face while she was sitting down down on this it was it was for the top five trending topics when i woke up this morning on twitter for she, she's 30 was one mm-hmm. uh uh jennifer was another one she, she can walk was another trend because there's another video of jennifer later in the night getting out of her wheelchair going up trying to smack somebody and then get back in her wheelchair and wait hold on a second though what she was just did she feel like a special connection to this target that she was protecting it i would assume some white women feel a very special connection to their target and whenever that thing starts getting attacked she rolled her ass down there but the video of her getting fire extinguished bro it is i've seen fire extinguishers happen in like wwe Mm -hmm. and i'm never sure if they're actual fire extinguishers or gimmick fire extinguishers or whatever but this one in real life in the wild to a lady named jennifer who had a knife in her hand and was trying to stab people uh it was she was riding around like a, one of them knights like with the knife by the way like you know how they're on horses jousting. Yeah. With jousting. A joust- yeah. yeah she's like riding around like like this it was how it, does she think that's gonna end i mean she's one person going against the whole story it feels like i think jennifer probably has numerous mental issues if i had to guess and last night probably added a few on there but boy she she was the talk of the internet. This That's morning. a great, like, uh, instead of hitting somebody and getting sued and possibly going to jail, if I spray him with a fire extinguisher, can I get in trouble? You should, he unloaded, so. I think, the entire, the entire thing, by the way. Usually, yeah. And there was a fires around that he could have chose to use that <laughs> yeah. on. But he said the real danger to society at this particular moment is not the fire. It's this. It's Jennifer on her motorized wheelchair. Um, I was going to say something. It was Vigilante justice. <laughs> the internet, though, is undefeated. The internet is undefeated. If you if you get bored after this show, obviously, go onto the Twitter and just search Jennifer and just have yourself scroll probably 15, 20, 30 scrolls of just like savagery on the internet. Um, Jennifer's an idiot, so she would never choose to do the right thing. Trying to transition well, this. True. No, that's, that's no, true. We, we should talk about something else. <laughs> <laughs> this is their first time being an ad on the show. Their transcript like that, Jennifer. That should not. I don't think that's the right move. But yeah, it's worth it's worth a watch. Uh, Columbus, though, being a host city, we should we should try to get in there. We should try to get a press pass. If I get a chance to sit in there, and and what I've been saying this entire time. If they're giving out 10 press passes or whatever it is per area, what, what a, AJ, myself, and all the boys here have been saying is Gary Bettman, best commissioner to ever 
commission a sport. Yeah, of course. His delivery, his delivery in that press conference 4:30 the other day about the layout was so beautifully done, and he's so handsome, mm-hmm. and uh, he's just a guy that seems so cool, smart, and just smart guy. And, are you are you putting him above our commissioner, Roger Goodell? Well, for the current moment, because it seems as if we can get immediate benefit from this whole thing, and uh, that is something we should definitely think about. Gary Bettman's the best man. He's the he absolute is best. So. Good. Good at his job. Yeah, we would love a press passer eight. He's a problem solver. He that's Fear what he, said it. That's what they say. Yeah, uh, we're just promoting the sport. I, I don't know why we wouldn't be let in. Probably because there's media members that have followed that sport since whenever they had zero fans. Now they have a little bit more than zero fans, and they're probably yeah, like, what would we report on? What what would be our beat? Like how are we gonna my talk big thing, about what happened? My big thing would be Sidney Crosby being the greatest hockey player to ever put on a skates. Is he the is he the greatest ever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if he was playing. But when you look at the numbers, I understand the game evolves, and I don't know enough about hockey. Like, the amount of points Gretzky scored was no one's ever going to catch that, are they? Yeah, yeah, but he was he was playing. He had a goon on his side, so there was nobody really getting. There's no goons now, though. I watched. Yeah, you know Sydney. what? That's not good. That's not good. I know. I'm, I feel. I, I watched a playoff game, and I watched Sidney Crosby get harassed the whole game. Gretzky. And I was like, wait. Why doesn't Pittsburgh have somebody kill this dude? Well, you but can't. They, they the, never did it. The rules. The rules say you can't basically anymore. They outlawed it. And then Gretzky and Mario and back in the day, they had like seven yards around them to skate because everybody was scared about losing their fucking jaw from the goon if they touched him. Sydney has been getting booed out of arenas, getting slashed on his wrist, doing everything he's had his entire career. And what has he done? He's missed a couple games because he get banged up because he's not scared to get in there and rough he it up. He missed a, a year bit. for a concussion, didn't he? Well, we don't know if that was a concussion or a back yeah. injury. Nobody mm. really knows. Why would you fake it? Like, why would you not want to admit to a back injury? Because the NHL lies about everything. Oh, you think the NHL did? You don't think it was Sydney? Yeah, the NHL says upper body injury, lower body injury. That's it. That is even Mike McCarthy. He's got an upper body. (laughs) 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 All right, we got to pivot to baseball talk. Jeff Passan is going to join us here on the other side as soon as you. We got to hang up on you to Facetime with him. But I'm pumped for this baseball talk here. Jeff Passan knows his stuff. Oh yeah. And the Scherzer tweet that basically said, "There's no reason for us to renegotiate with this." MLB team. This current proposal is uh, a bunch of a bunch of malarkey. Mm-hmm. And then you got Blake Snell. Obviously, we talked to him about that. Bryce Harper said I agree with them. Trevor Bauer has come out and said that there's union now. Now there's agents trying to push their own agenda and stuff like. I mean, there is there is so much drama around this MLB MLBPA thing about whether or not they're going to come back. I can't wait to learn all about it with our friend Jeff Passion here. Good guy, by the way. Not a nerd as he portrays on the television. There's no chance that the MLB budges on the money, right? If the money doesn't change, there's no there's no way they can make it happen. Well, they said that if they budge on the money, then they'll end up losing more money than if they were to play on a lower um on a lower pay scale. It, it's a, they there's it seems like there's no way a deal is going to be done. Yeah. It just feels as if there's no way a deal is going to be done. We calling Jeff back? Yeah, he uh did not answer right there. We have AJ on though, so let me try again. Yeah, I'm here oh, past this son of a Bitch, Jeff Passon. We're gonna have to hang up on you again, AJ. Sorry about that. Oh, you don't deserve Sorry. that, AJ. Sorry, AJ. Sorry. Hey, we're calling you. Hey, we're. He just called us like, uh, before that, so like. We're calling. Oh, you. Oh, phone right. tag is there. But. Yeah, but, but the thing is, you know. Yeah. Now we wait. Now we wait. Maybe the. Yeah, but if I read that going into him. Disney potentially pissed off. Uh, mm. yeah. You know, because our new sponsor is Canadips CBD Dude. pouches Woo. for the replacement for tobacco. 
The boys got a chance to try this the last couple of days. Oh, yeah. The pouches are great. Tobacco replacements. They feel oh. good in your mouth. They Nick do. currently has one in. one right now. Ty please. has one right in yeah. right now. Because, uh -huh. you know, a lot of uh, tobacco replacements, they don't feel like tobacco. They don't taste anything like the tobacco used to taste. But now this has great flavor and great feeling. And everybody's going to love Canada Dips. And stick around for a promo code later Ooh. in the show. <laughs> you don't even need a spitter because you can just swallow it. See that? <laughs> don't be a quitter either. Be a swallower. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, ESPN MLB insider. He's not a nerd, as you would think if you were just to see him on television. He's an incredibly insightful man with all the baseball news that we could possibly need. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Passon. Yeah! Oh, Jeff! Yeah, Jeff! Yeah! I'm a total nerd. <laughs> I mean, you're not, though. On TV, whenever you see you as a person, you're wait, like... Wait, wait, hold that... on a sec. What the hell is going on, Hawk? You're smoking a cigar in the middle. You are living your best life right now. This is unbelievably impressive. I need to do this on ESPN. Rip out a Monte Cristo, big one. You should, one time. Just see what happens. Like, don't, don't... Give him any heads up. Just do it. During I see you on TV all day, especially now with with what's going on in baseball. Yeah, I think you should do it next time you do a little hit. Here, here's here's the question: Do you think cigars are going to make a comeback now because Michael Jordan made them look so amazingly cool in the Last Dance? Oh yeah, they have to. Yeah. And not only Michael Jordan, by the way. A lot of professional athletes that I've met, I did not know the cigar world was this big. And now you're seeing everybody that is the closet cigar smoker or a legendary cigar smoker. They're coming out. Cigars are about to make a big play. You know why? Because you get the tobacco buzz without burning out your lungs. You still get a chance for cancer, but you're not going to kill your lungs. You know what I mean? That's, that's a big deal. Jeff, let's get right into it. Like AJ said, you're on TV right now all day. Thank you for making time for us. I appreciate the hell out of you for this. All right. I mean, well, it's a Pat McAfee show. How would I miss it? Well, this is McAfee and Hawk, but you're 100% right. <laughs> so the... Listen, I was just looking in the background. It said Pat McAfee. <laughs> Listen, it's an ongoing thing with your network and other networks that quote this show. AJ gets no credit, but he doesn't want it. He's a selfless guy. Let's talk about selfless guys and maybe potentially perceived as selfish guys. It feels as if the NBA on the road to coming back in Orlando. They're going to do a 16-team tournament and seeding one through 16, no Eastern Conference. So the NHL, two hub cities, 2014. And now everybody's like, what's going to happen with the MLB? I think the difference between the M NBA and the NHL and the MLB is their season started already. So they already made some money. They already generated some revenue. Now they have to figure out how to finish. The MLB didn't have their season start. They didn't generate any revenue from this year. So I think that is why the business is so off. But it feels like the players are nowhere near saying yes to a deal with the MLB and we don't have much time right there's not a lot of time if you want to get back to spring training on June 10th and if you want to have a season start on the 4th of July but the players are entrenched here right now like they're they're pissed they are pissed at the offer that Major League Baseball made a couple of days ago and this was an offer that you know like you have to understand when you're dealing with a union uh, a lot of the players in this union, I think 65% in Major League Baseball, make a million or fewer dollars. And so the appeal in this 
proposal from Major League Baseball was supposed to be to those lower paid guys saying, hey, we're going to give you a majority of your prorated salary, you know, 90 percent if you're at the Major League minimum, like 82, 83 percent if you're uh, at a million bucks. Then you get down to someone like Mike Trout and Mike Trout, who in a normal season would make thirty seven point seven million dollars in a prorated season would make nineteen million dollars was being offered five point seven million. And that five point seven million boys, that is a lot of money. We understand that. But it's almost like Major League Baseball recognizes that there's a group of people who are going to hear five point seven million dollars. How dare he turn that down? Well, not recognizing the fact that Mike Trout is one of one. He's the best in the world at what he does. He might be the best ever at what he does. And if he wants a fair cut of compensation for doing that, his fair shake for bringing what he brings to this game that he loves, I don't think anybody should be angry at him for that idea. All the players are trying to do is get what's theirs in this situation. I understand it looks gosh because we're in the middle of this unemployment crisis because COVID sucks because of all of these things. But if the players are trying to get theirs and the owners are trying to get theirs, what's the difference between the two? Like, seriously, what's the difference? Because the owners are businessmen. They suddenly get a pass on wanting to keep their money as opposed to players who also are every bit the same amount of business. By the way, um, I, I would love to say that you would be a businessman, Pat McAfee, if you were a baseball player, but you sucked. At baseball? Oh, no, Jeff. Jeff. I was batting from the wrong side of the plate, <laughs> Jeff. I'm just saying. Did you watch You watch the uh, the comedic sports documentary of the century, uh, Pat McAfee, it, professional baseball player? I, I, I will admit I was going through like 15 seconds at a time, uh, and, oh, I was, and I was I a little – I uh, hold on a second. Why are you giving me that look? <laughs> you miss greatness in those 15 yeah. seconds. There's setups and callbacks. You're disrespecting the art. You know what I mean? I yeah, I understand that. I you know what the uh, let's let's see the sweat. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I brought the television last time. There's a chance about them, but I can. Ah! Oh, <laughs> AJ, what do you got for Jeff? Jeff, wealth of knowledge here, Jeff. I love what you're saying too. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Jeff, you are a wealth of knowledge. We appreciate you being on here. But the players seem like they have like they have a unified front, at least publicly. They seem like they're all kind of on the same page. What what like handful of players do you think have the most influence on the rest of them? I mean, Max Scherzer's voice is really loud and really strong. And it's for a couple of reasons. Number one, he's on the executive subcommittee. There are eight players who meet with the top union officials every day and talk about this. Uh, and, you know, Andrew Miller is a veteran he, who's on there. Uh, Chris Iannetta, a guy who's been around for a long time. People who have been involved in the union. But Scherzer is the star there. He's a guy who makes $35 million a year. He's a guy who just won a world championship. He's a guy who's incredibly intelligent. And so when you have all three of those things combined, and he comes out and says something like he said last night, it really illustrates the power of having that big voice. You know, in the NBA... You see all the time the players who are speaking out the most about collective bargaining issues, Chris Paul, LeBron James, superstars. 
I think when you have somebody of that ilk who can take your point, distill it down, and spread it out to the masses, you have a much better chance of it catching on than you do if they're just some random like middle relievers who are smart and talk about it. This was a problem with the NFLPA. The NFLPA yeah. never got their message out. The only message that came out was this was a bad deal. And then when the big players came out and spoke about it, they never really laid out until the NFL had already won the PR battle. At that point, the NFL had already won the PR battle. And just like you said about the MLB and the players about how they're, the MLB guys are what, they're businessmen, so they're on their side. That always happens in every collective bargaining. It's yeah, actually, yeah. The, the the PR like Pat, I would love to say that the PR battle is winnable. I I don't think it is. I was talking with a friend yesterday, and he said for the last hundred twenty years, every fifty fifty ball in sports, when it comes to labor relations, has gone to the owners. It's well, just, that's, it's, you know, it's why? just a, it's it's a fact. It's a reality, and and the fact that um, that unions have throughout this country been minimized as much as they have that union busting tactics have worked all over the place in that labor is for some reason looked at uh, looked down upon because of, of some flaws that there may have been but uh, listen labor labor came into existence for a reason and that was to protect the worker and I understand that the you know football player basketball player baseball player they're, they're not your average worker they're not slaving away they're not looking for better working conditions or for safety or for some of these things that people who work in meatpacking plants or other places that really need it want. But what they are looking for is for the collective of their power to get them what they desire. They recognize that 1,200 together are stronger than 1,200 individuals preaching the same thing. Okay, so the reason why owners always win the PR battle is because they're before the players get there and they'll be there long after the players get there in right. the community's eyes. So that's kind of the way it always works. But I do believe the players should get their stories out a little bit more, especially in this woke culture that we're in. My question for you is, the Max Scherzer comes out, Trevor Barr last night came out, pitcher for the Reds. He said that there's potentially some agents trying to get in there and push their narrative. What do you know about that? And that is not a guy I'd want to piss off, it seems like. He, he even added the guy directly afterwards because he found out he had a Twitter handle. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know if you were here or not. Since you are, I want you to read this. I am tired of you pushing your agenda. What is Boris's agenda and what is Trevor Bauer referring to here? Well, uh, guess who's a Scott Boris client? Max Scherzer and half of the executive, uh huh, half of the executive board, uh, executive subcommittees, Scott Boris clients as well. I mean, Scott Boris is a guy who, because of what he's done in the sport, wields an incredible amount of influence. If you go and look just this offseason alone, uh, Garrett Cole, $324 million, Woo! Scott Boris. Woo! Anthony Rendon, $245 million, Scott Boris. Woo! Steven Strasburg, $245 million. Scott Forbes. Scott did quite well this year. Is that he, a million? Yeah, he, booked, that a billion? he booked over a billion dollars in guarantees this offseason alone. And what's he so, making off that? 3%, 5%? What's baseball percentage for agents? 5%. So, <laughs> why is it 5%? Uh, what should it be? Well, I mean, NFL, isn't it three, three is max or three and a half? Yeah, three is the max. 
Uh, yeah, it's because uh, you guys, maybe you're better businessmen than uh, no, baseball players. No, we're not. Those are guaranteed <laughs> contracts. I mean, it, we are not better businessmen. But that is interesting, 5%. That guy had a, quite an offseason, but now he's got big power Bauer coming after his ass. <laughs> and how do you think that is going to all play out? Do you think what Trevor Bauer is saying is like, there's some guys in the league right now who are saying, yeah, let's play. Let's be a distraction. Maybe he's a guy. And Boris and his agents are like, hey, listen. Money's money now. We got to talk about the business side of it. Do you think that is what Bauer's referring to? You know, it's unclear at this point what he's saying exactly. I mean, there there are certainly people behind the scenes who believe that Scott Boris wields too much influence with the union in that uh, the what he wants to impress upon people, which is stay, you know, stay the line. Uh, we we can't give in at all here is maybe not the best path forward. Now, I listen, I don't know what is going to get back to owners and how they're going to respond because the union is going to give a proposal. It's not even a counter proposal. It's like they're going to essentially ignore what Major League <laughs> Baseball offered on Tuesday. Like they're going to say we it's like uh, Scott Van Pelt said this last night. I have a million dollar house. You offered me $200,000 for it. Uh, I'm not going to even act like this offer existed because it was so bad. And so they're going to go back to him. They're going to propose more games. They're going to propose a full prorated salary. And we're going to see how the owners take it. And it's going to be really interesting to see how the owners take it because it could be one of two ways. You know that the, the best way to get after a bully is to punch him in the face. This is the players trying to punch billionaires in the face right now. And if you are someone in business who for the longest time has been told everything that you're doing is right because you're this rich, because you've been this successful. Somebody coming back at you and saying, nah, uh, 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 not going to happen, maybe that's something that engenders respect. It's also something that could make them say, forget this. We're not getting anywhere with them. We're not going to deal with this. We're going to lose money if we play games this year. Let's just cancel the 2020 season. The Which I, I, I worry about that because I think over the long haul, that is the absolute worst thing that can happen to baseball with the NBA coming back, with the NHL coming back, with the NFL coming AFL back, with college football coming back. <laughs> yeah. Baseball needs to stake its claim to the summer months. Jeff, I got a two-part question. First, I know the players want the owners to open up the books and see the financials. Yep. Do you think there's, that's a possibility? And if so, like, what are we going to see? And my second part of that there's question no is, chance. does – ESPN allow you to pick out the fake books and fake album covers on your fake bookcase background <laughs> you have? Uh, I'll answer the second one first. Um, in fact, I'll, I'll turn around and show you. The books The Hold books on. here are just, they're, they're terrible. Hold on. Wait, did, did they? So ESPN made this for you, correct? They did. Oh. They, can you read this? Are GMOs safe? <laughs> <laughs> A little princess. This is this is my favorite one right here. Deconstructing the elements in Adobe Photoshop. Oh no, I'm sorry. This is my favorite. Production grids in Asia. Production <laughs> grids in Asia. What is this? So they sent you that and just said tape this to your wall, you'll look sophisticated. No, no. They uh it's actually pretty cool. If you look at it, it's like a, a projector. It, yeah, no, it's like a uh it's like one of those maps back in high school oh. like check it out check the way it looks your screen you look do you have so multiple backgrounds or is that your only one uh this right now is the only one i think i think i'm getting like an updated one i may actually get real life things but uh to answer your question about the records 
uh, these like I listen to music when I write. So I will listen to Radiohead, Pink Floyd, Weezer, Rage, uh, Rage Against oh. the Machine, and Wu Tang Clan. So you do? Drugs. Did you pick it out? Wait, did they? Oh yeah, did they ask you what kind of music you like. Yeah, they asked me. They they you know like uh, I picked out like the the Nintendo. My my son who's twelve years old is like an avid uh, Rubik's cuber who can. He's one of those kids who can solve a Rubik's cube. How old are you, Jeff? Oh, we need him. Jeff, you look like I, you're twelve. I'm turning forty this year, actually. 40. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, yeah. Happy birthday yeah. It's not until September, but that's okay. I'll take it. Well, we might not. I mean, <laughs> to answer knows. your first question, uh, and, and it's an important one. Oh, no. Every year. Get your hand uh, off the speak. Get your hand off the speak. Oh, was that messy? If the iPad had just worked, none of this would uh, would be hey, screwed up. Like hey, technology's um, a pain in the ass. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, every year, Major League Baseball teams do audits, and they send the audited financials over to the Players Association. Uh, that's wow. not good enough for the players right now. They're, they're not buying what teams are saying about how much money they're going to lose under these circumstances. So they're looking for... Uh, national television contracts. They're looking for local TV deals. They're looking for sponsorship agreements. They're looking for information that uh, allows them to not just sit here and say when MLB says, "Hey, trust us with this stuff." They they don't trust them, and that's that's part of the problem, right? Yeah. Like part of the problem is that this relationship historically has been so broken that there is a giant amount of distrust especially for for the players going toward the owners. Is there going to be replacement players potentially? <laughs> I hope it's not you. Uh, no. What? Jeff. Jeff. What's going on? Hang on. I, I, listen, I, Hang on. can one of us keep it real here? Oh, 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 yeah, okay. Oh, with your oh, fake voice. Oh, <laughs> Mr. Baseball. Oh, yeah, okay. okay. Oh, Pete Rose. 40-year-old. Oh, Come on. Okay. No, what Matt, I, will, I will say this. You're, you're looking more swole now than you uh, than you were back then. You look good, man. Thank you. But the like, – but like You would fill the uniform you mean, out well. You mean stuff. swole or just overall big? He's strong. He's on all fronts today. Is he accusing you of PEDs? Are you saying I'm on juice? Because, by the way, I think that is something they should think about. If the season gets canceled, <laughs> have all the big stars, take all the steroids that they want, do a home run derby in a bunch of stadiums, bingo, bango, we got money back. What will they do? Will they cancel the season, though, potentially? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a possibility. I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it would be catastrophically stupid of them to do that. But, yeah, I mean, it is it is absolutely within their rights to do that. And uh, it would be... So Major League Baseball of them to say in the middle of a pandemic, when 40 million people have lost their jobs, we couldn't figure out how to split up billions of dollars. Jeff, what's the uh, timeline as far as the uh, MLBPA sending back their proposal and then when it needs to get approved and when everything's going to then start? Drop dead time. Yeah, that's going to that's going to happen either today or tomorrow. Like by the end of the week, the PA is going to have. It's proposal back in baseball's hands, and, and MLB is going to reject this. Like we we already see how this whole thing is playing out, right? Like we know that the players are going to be as far and as extreme as the owners were in their proposal. I think what happens after that is going to be interesting because the ball is back in the owners' court at that point, and and they're the ones who get to say, okay, it's time to try and play ball here. 
or no, we're just going to sit around, waste time, and and let the days go by as these other sports get back onto the field and onto the ice and onto their courts. The ball's in their dugout, by the way. Mm. Nice. Mm. Yes, it is. Jeff, final thing for me, I guess. Um, what, like we said, it's, everything's going to happen quickly, I guess. But what happens? Let's say they cancel the baseball season. Like, What does it do? What kind of damage does that do in the future for baseball? <laughs> That's such a good question because you. It, you, you can't you can't just look. <laughs> Pat, you ask good questions too. Don't worry, buddy. You just, got a sad face. Just on there. fucking get on. There. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been I've been insulting your your baseball ability. All right, don't worry. Just please showcase and your you, brain, please. See, did you pick up baseball lingo when you were there? What's that, Bob? Yeah, I get good wood, and I'll tell you, you hang it, I bang it. I'll tell you that right now. You hang you, it. Did, did you ever hear somebody say uh, that you've got the ass? You know what the ass is? I would assume it's in football. If you got an ass, you're explosive and you're an athletic guy and you're incredibly handsome and you sell <laughs> No, more no. The the ass is like short for red ass. And a red ass is someone who gets pissed off and is easily uh, oh, easily yeah. tilted. Yeah. And it looked like when I was talking about your baseball playing ability that you got a little bit of the ass. Yeah, I got so I didn't like I didn't mean to give that to you. Uh, back back to your question, AJ, which I totally forgot. And so if you can just remind me one more time, <laughs> yeah, like, I, if if baseball's canceled this year, what kind of damage does this do to the future? Of yeah, baseball? yeah, yeah. Um, twenty twenty one is already problematic. Like twenty twenty one is already scary because. Let's say that we are still in this very weird state of affairs where we're not going to be in close contact with one another, where there's no vaccine and where social distancing or some form of it is still in effect. How filled are stadiums going to be at that point? How many fans are you going to be able to pack in? I mean, we're looking at like at SEC games this year. What are they going to put 20,000 people in? What's I mean, how many people are going to be at the horseshoe this year? 30,000 to 50,000. They said they could fit in there. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, maybe at a base. Who gets the tickets too, Jeff? Who gets these tickets? Well, baseball, nobody. Who gets the tickets? What's the price? How, how do you like, is it a lottery? Do you end up Do rich people only end up getting these tickets? Yes. Like, like do you (laughs) sit apart from your family? I mean, there are all these questions about 2021 and if they come back, the players are not going to want to take pay cuts for paying for playing 162 games, no way. especially after last year, especially after a free agent market, guys. That's going to be a disaster yeah. because there's just not going to be that appetite for teams to take on the revenue. So, and so at that point, and, and against the backdrop too, AJ, of a collective bargaining agreement that is done after the 2021 season so you have all that hanging over it too like it is a gnarly next year and a half that we're looking at in baseball so the players are pissed about that 50 50 revenue split because that's setting up for a potential salary cap in the next cba which makes a lot of sense my last question for you before we get out of here i heard the players and it might have been from you i I assume it was from you you're the only person that gives me any baseball information these days what i the players want a longer season and then they want it prorated is that accurate and what is the deal with wanting a longer season is that for stats and things of that nature is that strictly money driven uh, it's both. I mean, the the argument in Good favor question. of a longer season is, <laughs> is is to is to get you know you get more game checks essentially every day you play. You know, every day Mike Trout plays, um, he's going to make two hundred ten or so thousand dollars. And the more of those, yeah, it's good living. And the more of those two hundred ten thousand dollar games you can get, or even for a even for a player who's making the minimum, you know, he's 
like he's doing all right too. The more of those days you can get, uh, the better off you are financially, and and the more stats you can get, the the more value you potentially add to yourself going forward. But it's also paddle leverage. If MLB wants 82 games, we're going to go higher than that because we feel like there's a point at which we can meet somewhere, and that allows MLB to go back and say, hey, uh, we'll do more than 82, but we're going to do less than the one. In your hands, Jeff. 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 No, Jeff, no. Must not be it. Where are you? How are you holding the phone? How are you holding your phone? I have, I'm, oh, I'm holding it. Oh, there, there, it is. There, there it is. There it is. Jeff, your big mitts get on the uh, the the speaker there for we. Oh, is that? Oh, were you not hearing any of that? <laughs> no, no, we did not hear much of that. It looked good, though, didn't it? Hey, oh, yeah. hey, 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 hey looked like hey, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. No. That looked like you were spitting the facts. And we got to the point where each game check they get for each game, and I, I think it made a lot of sense. But for me, I always thought that <laughs> I thought the season I thought the season was too long to begin with, but it turns out the players actually like how long it is. And what will this do for records going forward? I assume that is what a lot of players are thinking about, legacy stuff and potential contracts of the future. I assume there's a lot that has to be digested here by the players' side. Yeah, I mean, it's listen, this is not an easy thing to get done if you have a few months. Uh, when you have a ticking clock that's like a week away, that that is what puts the season in the most peril. It's the combination of what they need to get done with the timeline to get it done. Jeff, I want to let you know this. You are incredible for the game of baseball. We appreciate you every single time you speak, especially on this show. You're the best. Sit by. Let us know what happens with that MLBPA proposal for the MLB. I'm assuming it'll be thrown in the dumpster. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, MLB Insider at ESPN. Jeff, handsome, 40-year-old, fake bookcase having, passing. Yeah! Attaboy, Jeff! Attaboy! Attaboy, Jeff! I'll do better next time, boys. See no, ya. you can't. You did great there. I don't know if you're going to get better. You hit all the park. <laughs> see, see what I did there. Nice. That was baseball stuff. Good conversation. A lot. It doesn't feel like that deal is going to get done. It's baseball a lot to happen. And I would like to. Scott Boris didn't know that guy existed before the tweet last night. Called him a stooge. He's negotiated over a billion dollars worth of guarantees in the last couple months. Not a stooge, but you could see how some people who aren't repped by him are like, hey. You are not speaking for all of us here. Bauer is quite a powerful name in the baseball world as well. Yeah. And I'd assume Bauer, and there's a, probably a lot of other people that are like, hey, we're in the middle of a pandemic with 38 million people on unemployment. Let's play baseball. Like, I bet you there's some, I don't want to say a majority, but I bet you there's a lot of baseball players that are like, hey, let's get this done. We are, let's play baseball. Let's make some money. Let's be a distraction. We can grow the game in this particular time. And then you got the, there's probably a lot of other people that are like, hey, listen. Yeah, Chipper Jones said the same damn thing. I assume Chipper Jones and in the bar are probably on the same page, but it's it's got to the point where the business side of it, I feel like it's going to hold it up, which by the way, is always what happens in this world. Here's something that never, ever, ever happened. There has never, ever, ever been a time where dad has took a massive bite into an Omaha steak and said, I didn't like that. Omaha Steaks, America's original butcher, founded in 1917, quick math, 103 years ago have the most tender and most flavorful steaks in America. And right now, just like every year, they have an incredible Father's Day special going on. We've been eating Omaha steaks in our office for the last three, four years. They're incredible. They're not just a piece of meat. 
Okay? It's a tender, flavorful, delicious, handcrafted steak that makes my taste buds go, damn. That's what I'm talking about out of Omaha steaks. Father's Day is coming up. So give dad the gift he really wants this year. Not a tie, not something else cliche, perfectly aged tender steaks. Omaha Steaks will deliver the world's best steaks and a huge variety of other favorites directly to your dad's door. Omaha Steaks is America's original busher since 1917. You can order with complete confidence today and have peace of mind knowing you're sending dad the very best meat possible. Right now, Omaha Steaks is offering listeners of this show access to a variety of amazing packages that are perfect to send Dad for Father's Day. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code PAT in the search bar. You'll see all of the great options available, many that include free shipping and a free one-pound package of their perfectly cured, incredibly thick, applewood-smoked steak-cut bacon. Many of the options available at omahasteaks.com when you enter the code PAT in the search bar include free shipping and, let me repeat this, a free one-pound package of their perfectly cured, incredibly thick, applewood-smoked, steak-cut bacon. Damn. There are many packages available that are perfect for dad, and they're all ready to be shipped straight to your door, his door, in time for Father's Day. What I would do is buy a couple. Not only for dad, yeah, happy Father's Day to you, but also for me. Let's go ahead and take advantage of these sales in these packages in this one pound of steak-cut bacon. Omaha Steaks, shout out to you for being awesome every single year for Father's Day. You've won Father's Day for me for the last few years. Don't you think this would do so much damage, though, to, oh, to baseball? Uh-huh. It's yeah. already the PR is, is bad because Chipper's tweet is perfect. Like We don't want to hear billionaires argue with millionaires about how much this should be paid. And it's gonna it's gonna hurt baseball even more once, like, like Jeff said, once uh, basketball, hockey, all these other sports are opening up and playing, and all of a sudden baseball's like, no, nah, we couldn't come to an agreement on how much we're gonna pay our guys, so our, our season's canceled. All right, think about this, Jerry Springer, chaos, Drew ratings, WWE, chaos, draws ratings, sign stealing. Garbage can, batting. That was the most the MLB had been talked about. More than the Astros winning the World Series, it was talked about how they cheated to win the World Series. If they go into a strike or not have a season, I think people will talk about the MLB potentially more than ever, (laughs) especially if the NBA and the NHL and the NFL are playing at the same exact time of the MLB. Because normally there's that time period where the MLB is the only show in town. We actually, it used to be like a gloom and doom time. Now that I know more about baseball, it's not. But it it used to be a time when you're like, oh, there's only baseball or whatever. Now, it's like there's a chance the AFL is going to be on Aussie rules football is going to be on yes. Zion Williamson is potentially going to be dunking at 10 a.m. somewhere then you got Sidney Crosby playing in the afternoon then you got it, there's so many options happening it would be I think a lot of conversation about the MLB would happen if they were to strike I don't know they might get buried in there the, the uh, 94 was a 94 strike like yeah. that mm-hmm. did not go well after that like after they so would, would this be considered a strike 
Yeah, kind of. right? Because a lockout. They're not, yeah, they're not getting locked out. The owners, I guess they just couldn't come to an agreement, and the players are saying, no, we won't play under that. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess it's a strike. Right? It's, it would be a strike because they're not agreeing to the collective bargaining that's being proposed by the league. So they're saying. What are most people, like, when you if you hear people or just casual fans, are people picking a side? Like, are they sticking with the owners or the players? I don't know any fans of baseball other than Ty, but I do believe that in the world of 2020, there feels as if there's a little bit more of a momentum on the player side than there has been in the past, like Jeff Basson was talking about. It feels like people are a little bit more understanding of the baseball player, but anytime the numbers start getting floated out, I think all of that momentum towards the players is like, Man, play the fucking games. You guys are making how much money? And you got people. To, I think that is ultimately at the end of the day how everybody feels. But I don't know a lot of baseball. No, yeah, on like Twitter and everything. When you look at like the responses to these tweets and stuff like that, that's predominantly what it is. Is like these guys like just need to shut up and play, pretty much. Yeah, and that's always going to be the reaction. Same thing that was happening during the CBA for the NFL. Same exact thing that was happening. It's like, oh, uh, billions of dollars are doing that stuff and. I, don't, I think it's because the owners have the team and have given the community since before whatever player's in there, and they'll be there after the player's there. So it's more like they're representing the community as opposed to the players that are just representing themselves. But the players are much more relatable than the owners. I mean, the players come from where everybody else comes from, and they happen to make it to the top. And in a business negotiation, you think that would be enough to sell them. But turns out that's never the case because whenever you see that giant number next to them, you're like, just take the fucking deal. What are we even doing here? You guys, well, everyone, oh, everyone assumes that every player is Mike Trout making $37 million a year when Mike Trout's one guy doing that. So those are the numbers people see. And like Jeff said, what, 65% of Major League Baseball makes a million dollars or under. Now that's great money, obviously, but they're not, those guys, they, they want those checks bigger than Mike, Mike Trout needs that. 37 mil. So we had a stat that said 40%. 40%. Then he dropped that 65%. And then I heard a $2.5 billion stat. And then I heard a $7.5 billion stat. I don't know what stats about baseball are accurate, but I do know it feels like the son of a bitches aren't playing. That's that's just what it feels like. And, I mean, he laughed me out of the room or whatever, but that's why Jeff Passan isn't a scout. The scouts know that I got a potential yeah. swing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The scouts know that I can potentially He's not a talent evaluator. He doesn't know what he's talking about. No. He, hey, he's very good for baseball, by the way. The way he speaks, he has a personality. He seems to know a lot of stuff. I like Jeff a lot there. And he championed the players pretty hard there, which doesn't normally happen, by the way, because normally the leagues are in, Mm. I don't want to say in the ears of the people speaking, but I think that is normally the case. And he came out and was like, no, the players deserve theirs too. What up, Dick? For you guys, and in reference to Scott Boris, who is like the Rosen House of Baseball, but with much more power. When you guys go through a CBA, do your agents talk to you about what to do as far as voting and stuff like that? We didn't vote. Last year, last time, when I was in the league, we didn't have a that league-wide email vote uh, thing. It was just like I was skydiving and stuff, and I was like, yeah, I'll let the people figure it out what's going on. I'm on, I'm on a rep for a reason. <laughs> Speaking of, I just, got a, I just got a reprieve from the substance of abuse policy here. Uh, let's go ahead and have a great time here. I'll let, I'll let the people who know what they're doing know what they're doing. But the difference with this is with Scherzer talking he's the star of the game 35 million in the NBA LeBron James and Chris Paul they're talking they're the stars of the game in the NHL I would assume the stars of the game are talking in the NFL it's not Aaron Rodgers wasn't even like executive committee member he was just a rep or whatever and when he came out and spoke people like okay Aaron Rodgers is speaking about it but Aaron didn't really have the control to do anything so that's the difference between the NFL PA I think than all the other leagues is that the superstar players are not the ones that are the executive committee members they're not the ones that are in there pitching things because it is a pain in the ass to be a part of and a lot of the decisions aren't great decisions that you would want to be associated with it's just a whole different world in the nflpa for us you agree with that aj i do there's 
there's definitely some stars that are on like the executive committee, but you're right. There's not a whole lot of them. And I think Aaron even told us on the show, didn't he talk about how he went and wanted like when they were talking with the owners, he went to one of the meetings in New York, I think. And then he got there and he's like, wait, this is not what I thought at all. And he just, he kind of pulled himself back. It seems like on, on taking whatever, like such a public stance on what was going on. Yeah. He, and by the way, whenever you're a star and you're making those decisions, now you're getting judged by the decisions that you're making. It, you, it's a difficult thing to do. I would not want to be a person that's making a decision in this whole thing. Like Max Scherzer is obviously going to be a guy that's making a decision. Because that last CBA, you and I both know, AJ, when that CBA in 2010 or whatever it was came out, the months following it was a lot of buyer's remorse by the players. The amount of things that were getting picked apart about it. And then every question you had, you'd go to the player rep and you'd be like, so we agreed to insert terrible deal here comment to the player. Yeah, we did that because blah, blah. It's like, oh, okay. There was never like a, hey, good negotiation on that one. It was always like a doctor. You only show up at a doctor when something's wrong. That's kind of what a player rep is. Like, hey, uh, this is bullshit. Why'd you guys agree to this? Well, we had to blah, blah. It's like, okay. And then another person comes in. Hey, this is bullshit. Why'd you agree? Well, I, and if you're a big time player, you're like, I'm not dealing with that. I will let other people figure that out. It's just, but the bottom half of the roster is very much more represented in the NFLPA as opposed to these other sports, I'd assume. Yeah, you're right. But also, uh, I feel like the owners are just kind of playing with the union when they did that, too. Like, oh, hey, guess what, guys? Your union rep can tell you, we used to come back for off-season workouts like March 15th. Now we don't have to come back till April 15th. So we got an extra four weeks at home. Now, was that awesome? Yes, I think it was great being able to work out at home for an extra month. But you give up big chunks of money to have that extra four weeks and also not have, have some kind of rules throughout training camp where you can't have two-a-days and pads and all kind of stuff like that stuff that the owners don't care about They're like okay cool stay home an extra four weeks i don't have to feed you i don't have to you don't have to use the water in our our facilities to to shower and stuff I, i'm going to make more money by paying you guys a less a, a smaller chunk of the pie and you're here less yeah there's a lot of convenience things that get passed as opposed to business things in those negotiations and it's always like that doesn't feel like we're negotiating at the same level as the owners here but they're billionaires for a good reason we have some breaking mm -hmm. news here in the nfl that onside kick proposal of the uh first and 15 in lieu of the onside kick did not pass by the nfl rules committee the nfl rules committee that has tried their best to make the game as good as possible. Last year, they enacted a pass interference review that Alberto Riveron absolutely shit on. The rules committee said that first and 15, we ain't doing that bushly garbage up here in the NFL. We might have to make some adjustments to the onside kick so teams can stay in it and fans can believe they're still in it and gambling can believe they're still in it. We agree, but this ain't our sport. We're not turning this into a sideshow. We're not doing a first and 15. It's not going to cater to the offense when the defense was just on the field we're not going to let refs potentially make the entire decision of the game and the outcome of the game that's what the rules committee voted on today and by the way i think it was a smart decision once you start diving deep into the first and 15 concept at first it sounds brilliant and then you're like wait a minute the refs can control everything you have a little bit of forethought good decision by the rules committee in my eyes not to eliminate the onside kick but we do have to adjust it to make it a little bit more exciting later I think eventually the fourth and 15 thing might pass or a version of that just because you're right. Like what it, it would add a lot of excitement to the oh. game. It would keep people tuned in gamblers and people that are fans of a team because you're like, Hey, you never know, man, you're never really out of it. A couple of these fourth and 15 conversions. We're right back in this thing. So I think it could pass someday. I, I don't know, man. 
You got to remember that rules committee is there to save the sanctity. Onside kicks are useless now, though, it seems like. Well, I think you can change them, though. I think you can make the onside kick. Let them run again. Let them get a running start. And you declare that you're going to kick an onside kick. The ref makes an announcement, just like when an offensive lineman declares himself eligible for as a wide receiver or whatever. You make the announcement, hey, this team is doing an onside kick. Okay, we'll go back three years to the previous rules. You can have six on one side. It can't have seven, but you can have six on one side, so you can have an overload. You back them up five yards so they can have a little bit of run. Now let's build up back the success percentage that we had just a few years ago. Even though there might be a chance of a collision happening, at least there's still the chance of receiving the ball to extending the game to give a team that's down a chance because with the no running start with the no overload the odds are stacked so hard against the kickers in the the kicking team that i don't even think kickers work on it anymore because it's like why would i waste my time doing something that is so impossible to accomplish and i i mean i want to blame them for it because if you're a good onside kicker it's a weapon for your team but whenever you see the success percentage and the way the rules are set up it's like damn there's no chance we're going to be able to really do this in a beneficial fashion they're going to be collisions either way too if there's a fourth and 15 and some guy got, you know, ear hold across the middle. You know, that's a collision either way. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, what it's going to take, Pat, it's going to take a nice, beautiful two-hop onside kick. Receiving team, a receiver's in the second line. He goes up to get it. Somebody takes it, like two two guys coming down on the kickoff coverage team, flip him in the air. He breaks his neck. It's terrible. It's a Monday night or Sunday night game. That's when the rule changes. Well, and you know what? If that happens, I think – their hands are tied. They have to make that decision. But they didn't eliminate helmets when Miles Garrett took a helmet off and swung it at somebody <laughs> on primetime television, did they? No. Let's not overreact. Let's make some decisions that really help the game and the sport. That's big news. Um, I want to tell you a little bit about a product that uh, the boys in here have really fallen in love with. Oh, yeah. Well, did you hear that? You hear that? Those are fingers on tins, boys. Those are fingers on tins. And you must be thinking, oh, they're chewing tobacco. Oh, they're chewing tobacco. No, no. Hello to your new tobacco replacement, Canadips. Yeah. Canadips, the original smokeless cannabis and hemp pouch in the world. The product is made in the heart of cannabis industry, Humboldt County, California, a region that carries its tradition and craftsmanship in the quality of the product. The Canadips have a patented water-soluble technology so the CBD absorbs in the mouth in over 15 minutes. Spitless, smokeless, odorless Canadips are a perfect way to dose wherever, whenever. Canadips are all natural and taste amazing. Easily the best tasting tobacco alternative on the market. You can buy now at CanadipsCBD.com. Use promo code LIPBOOMERS for 10% off. That's LIPBOOMERS, all capital letters, L-I-P-B-O-O-M-E-R-S, for 10% off at CanadipsCBD.com. C-A-N-N-A-D-I-P-S-C-B-D.com. And they have a variety of flavors. Oh, yeah. Ty, Nick, the boys that used to chew, they chew on these the last couple of days because they sent them into the office, and they say it feels as if it's a real tobacco pouch. It's tobacco replacement, has good flavor, and you're getting good, healthy CBD into your body over 15 minutes. Shout out to Canadips for joining the show and for creating something for a tobacco alternative to get people get cancer out of their damn mouth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? How's it, has Ty made the full switch from dip to can of dips? Yes, I have completely. I actually have the uh, pyramid in right now. Three on the bottom. 
There you go. Nice. He's stacked up. And by the way, he might be only chewing this because they sent us 15 uh, uh, sleeves of tins here, mm-hmm. and he's out of tobacco. But hey, let's start him into a habit. Oh, cool glasses. Cool glasses. Oh, okay. cool glasses. But cool to have cool glasses. But look at the the candidates there. You got mint. You got mango. You got tropical mango. And you also have an incredible uh, little citrus citrus flavor. Wow. CanadaDipsCBD.com promo code LipBoomers for ten percent off now uh, and get your tobacco replacement. Did you watch the extended Blue Balls? Uh, space shuttle launch from NASA and SpaceX yesterday? I saw a little bit of it. I know it got canceled due to weather. Five hours, people were watching this on Twitter at one point. It had over half a million concurrent viewers. America and the people were pumped that astronauts from America were taking off to space from America for the first time since 2011. 2011, it all got shut down. We were sending our astronauts over to Russia. We were paying them $160 million to send our astronauts to the Russian space station. Then Elon Musk came down from his planet, created this SpaceX thing so he can get home to and from, Mm -hmm. and they started working on these rockets, working on these rockets, and he eventually worked a deal with NASA to send American astronauts to space. Yesterday was supposed to be the debut of the SpaceX and NASA collaboration. And I'll tell you what, we learned some things. We learned that they have ninjas with numbers on their back working through the entire space shuttle. All black suits with masks on. Don't send coronavirus stuff fucking space with the astronauts they said and the astronauts two of them two couple badass big gut sack having sons of bitches were gonna send themselves up to space in a brand new space costume that a lot of people said looked ugly they did not expect it to look that way but it feels as if elon musk has made space travel relatively easy now granted there was a little bit of rain so they had to uh, uh, cancel it eventually which anybody that looked at a doppler earlier in the day would have known they wouldn't have been able to get off the fucking ground but i think this was a rollout plan for the spacex nasa thing and those astronauts look so comfortable maybe because they knew they weren't going to take off but the seats <laughs> everything i've ever heard about space travel is like it's hellacious it's chaos it's this these two were relaxed and calm while the ninjas watched their back and said everything up so that picture you posted it it's a it's like a spooky picture it reminded me of the video was the guy's name jihadi john who sawed a few people's heads off an isis guy it looked he looked Jesus. like i'm standing behind him in the full ninja gear it was scary it was, it was scary jihadi john i heard of jihadi john he was a brit i think wasn't it jihadi john i think he was a british yeah. fellow. i think he was the executioner that's what you thought about america finally sending american <laughs> astronauts back to space a monumental paramount moment for our country and for our space travel and you thought of jihadi john <laughs> AJ. AJ. from that picture that you put you just put up earlier and super bad that you won't put down that's what it made oh, me think of. you're 100 percent right the ninja no you're not 100 percent right but you're the ninjas were obviously a little bit of a distraction to the show and when you're watching something for four hours and you just got two saturday night live voices talking over it and you're showing different clips it's hard not to get lost in the things that are happening around the astronauts as opposed to the actual astronauts for instance when the astronaut dropped something out of its pocket and one of the ninjas picked it up that was a highlight moment when elon musk came in and speak that was a highlight moment but it was a lot of nothing i mean elevator doors were closing on these astronauts at one point they had to touch each other to tell them to give a thumbs up to the crowd they waved to their fans the helmet looks like a motocross helmet and it wasn't 
a takeoff, but it feels like America's getting back into the space race, and we got a space force, and UFOs are being released from the yes. Pentagon. It seems like Connor's going to be able to go to space if he wants to just by saying, I do. Can't wait. That's what I'm, I think this is great. It's setting up like what space travel may be like. And I know Richard Branson, Elon Musk, they want to send just regular old people into space. Now, can't really say regular people when you're probably going to have to pay 400k for one ticket to go up into orbit for 30 minutes and come back down 250,000 I was I was offered you were offered what do you mean yeah like a couple years ago I got an email asking if I want to go to space for $250,000 and if they would have caught me at the right time I would have responded yes and I think they would have hustled me out of 250,000 because I didn't even think that existed yet but I guess that is something that's coming well you'd be on the list yeah you wouldn't have to pay it until you actually went to space I would imagine well, I, I don't think I want to go to space anymore anyways. I, mm. I get car sick in the back of an Uber. I don't know if I should be going to fucking space. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just don't know if that's the right case. But I like one of Elon, Elon's rockets might not have any might not have any turbulence. You never it, know. It literally looked like they were hopping in a car. Now, first of all, they hopped out of a Tesla that had the butterfly doughs. Have you ever seen a Tesla with, with the, the butterfly, butterfly doughs? Stunt is a habit. Get like me. me. They opened that thing up and these, you know, spacemen walked out with their costumes. I mean, it was fresh out of a movie but then when they got in the space shuttle i guess my recollection of these things are all from movies and and from failed attempts and things they looked like they were just sitting in a tesla that was just about to take comfortable you know the guy had regular glasses on didn't even have rec specs on look like you could have just flipped down the motocross helmet it looked like a shield that people were wearing to shield themselves from coronavirus touch screens and the touch screens had a, it just looked like it was such a potentially comfortable operation going to space and i'm like this motherfucker, Elon Musk, is definitely an alien. Like, like, you think about where we were to where we're at now. It's just light years ahead. Yeah. And I say that because light years is a space thing. Hey, <laughs> I'm on one today, man. I'm hot. I'm batting a thousand. <laughs> oh, another baseball reference. But it's just one of those things where I think we're going to get to space. But yesterday, five hours of fucking nothing. When everybody who looked at a Doppler knew that there's no chance that thing was taking off. Stunk. So are you going to tune in on Saturday when they try to do it again? 1,000%. Can't wait. Che we'll check the Doppler so I kind of know the ending of the story already before it gets started. You know, I'll still watch. Maybe think, hey, maybe we'll uh, take off in between the clouds. Maybe we'll get going. Like when you're on a motorcycle and you're traveling and it rains and you have to go underneath a bridge and then you got to become fucking Jim Cantori all of a sudden and you got to start reading the clouds. You're like, I think we'll get a break right there. And you take it. Maybe they'll do that with the rocket to get up to the space station because they're already, what, three days behind on their, mm -hmm. on yep. their mission. So... I'm pumped to see if this works, by the way. This feels like it's a potentially very dangerous thing. And yesterday was such a casual rollout of it. It's a, they are now getting into the elevators. Uh, look at them sitting down, saying hello to each other. Uh, Ninja 12 just tied his shoe. Okay. Elon will be joining us in four to five minutes. Hmm. The elevator door just shut on their face. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> you need to get that job. You need to get that voiceover gig. They're going to spoof it on Saturday Night Live, I think. They have to. Like Somebody's spoofing that right now. It well, was, isn't Saturday Night Live oh, yeah. still all like remote? I assume. I don't know. It doesn't work for that, though. I don't know. I don't know. All hey, right. do you think Clowney really turned down a big offer from the Browns? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm happy you brought that up. I'm happy we're talking about this. I don't think he turned down a multi-year big, big contract from the Browns. And I could be completely wrong here. I could be completely off base. But this feels like 
if this was maybe a one-year deal, maybe it was a one-year offer and it had some good money and a big deal. What's a big deal, by the way? Is that over 10 million? Over 10 million is a big deal. 17. But when you're asking for 20 million to begin with, I mean, what's a, he, Jadavion Clowney's gonna make big money anyways. I don't think he turned down a multi-year deal for Cleveland. Now, people are saying, well, he didn't want to go to Cleveland. And I assume a lot of people in Pittsburgh are celebrating this, that somebody turned down a deal strictly because they didn't want to go to Cleveland or something of that nature. But if you're Jadavion Clowney and a team that is spending money and rebuilding a culture they're trying to over there and it seems like they got a weapon and you don't have a multi-year big offer from anybody else I don't know how you turn that down I do not know Jadavion Clowney but I'm assuming he did not turn down a multi-year big deal in my I just don't know if that's accurate and it's all relative like what is a, a, a big deal to us it may not be a big deal to him so it's I'm sure I, I, I would does he want to go to Cleveland I don't know it would be a nice situation to have Miles Garrett on the other side if you're Clowney you're like hey this can only help me as an individual player having a guy like Garrett on the other side and the roster does look good. I just I would imagine that the numbers aren't where he thought they should be. Well, so it is. But they're saying big offer, making it sound as if a big offer to them, but not maybe not a big offer in his size of what he feels his value is. We need Charles Robinson from Yahoo. On yes. Do we have his number? What do you call him? Yeah, call him right now. AJ, we're going to have to hang up on you. Charles Robinson, Yahoo reporter, senior <laughs> NFL writer. He lives in Houston. He was like Jadavion Clowney's mouthpiece just yep. a little bit ago. Let's give him a call, see if he'll answer. It, by the way, we have no idea if our relationship with Charles Robinson is like this or not. Like, I, I don't know if we can we're just... About to find out. We're about to find out a lot about our relationship with Charles Robinson here. Whenever we give him a call, he could be in the middle of something. I just don't see how Jadavion Clowney, businessman, football player, looking. I don't know how you turn down a multi-year big contract offer from the Cleveland Browns. I just don't think Unless he, he does thinks that. a bigger one's coming or possibly a better situation. But what would tell you that's happening? And whenever we're uh, this nothing. far into free agency, there's you know? no situation better than having another All-Pro defensive end on the other side too. Yeah, I don't know. This feels like this could potentially be from his Steelers. agents. His agents no. talking about how. Hey, like we want to let people know that we are getting big offers. We're picking and choosing where we want to go yeah. and that type of stuff. I don't know. It doesn't. I just. It wouldn't make if it's strictly because he doesn't want to go to Cleveland and he turned down a massive contract. <laughs> would it attract other offers? Cleveland if does not deserve that? that. No, I don't think so. Right? No, right? Yeah, I think it's doing the opposite. So who would start these rumors? Would it be Jadavion Clowney because he wants people to know? And his people want him to know, like, people are interested in me. Is that what he's trying to do? Or is this story potentially going to tell people, like, what? You, you turned down a big contract, multi-year. So what we're going to offer you, then there's no chance. You're t- Maybe mean, Seattle wants him back would they? because they've already floated out an offer to him. I, don't know. I have no idea what could potentially. He didn't answer? He did not. This motherfucker. Chucky. <laughs> should, we, should we text him and tell him? The situation, or just try calm again? No, no. I, I mean, yeah. we're kind of blindsiding him here, and it's, <laughs> you know, that's probably not good journalistic integrity. But he's probably writing an article. Did you just hang up on AJ. Oh, we ha- we AJ, because, uh, AJ. Sorry, AJ. AJ. What's that? Is that four times? In- well, he hung up the first time. Oh, so true. You, you guys are getting a little finger happy back here on hanging up on a guy. So oh. we had good baseball talk today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We had good football talk today. Yep. We had good business talk today. Space yeah, talk. talk. Space talk. Talked NBA, too. Talked NBA. This is a show. Look at us with a daily show, <laughs> me and AJ. Mac Feed Hawk, sports talk. How about Jeff Passon giving him no credit early for the show? Yeah, that was tough. That was tough for AJ. Poor Poor what AJ. was? What was that, dude? What was tough for me? Oh, nothing. No, no nothing. Oh, you're back white, by the way. Who's you? Go. Not yellow. Okay, good for you. Proud of you here, pal. Uh, I was talking about when Jeff said this was the Pat McAfee show, not McAfee and Hawk. And then since he said that, he tried to make up for it by coming after me the whole time. Eh, you know, it was just an interesting I day. understand the confusion. I mean, it does say the Pat McAfee show over your shoulder. 
Yeah, but it also shows a AJ Hawk taking a shit on my shoulder. Yeah, top too. left corner says McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk too. Yeah, in right up there. You know what I mean? See that? I don't see anything that you see. How about now? Now I do. Why doesn't he just have the, uh, the, what do you see? You just see me? Most of the time I just see you, yeah. Oh. Now I see split screen, I guess, what it looks like on the, for people watching. We should probably have that for, would you rather see what everybody see? Yeah, you would rather see what everybody's seeing, right? Yeah, obviously, because you'll pop tweets up and be reading them and stuff or pictures that I can't see. Oh, don't put me on the bus. I put, I give you those. <laughs> He does. I'm not trying to say. I'm not trying to put any more work on Zito, Zito or, Fox he threw, or any of the boys. Hey, didn't he? he? Tossed him. Oh my God! Shoved him down. Just there. picked him up. He was like, so, "Hey, Zito, I didn't know you were going to be this reason, light, by the way." And then he just threw you right out of the fucking. The reason box. why I always go single shot out because we had Josh sitting on once, and he refused to look at his like phone the whole time. He refused to look at himself. Yeah, because the split oh. screen or whatever. You know, offensive lineman thing. Yeah, but you, we should do this. We should do the program feed to them every single time. Is yeah. that something you can do every time? No, yeah. I just do it for like convenience because like if they can't see the fools when you're doing stuff. How about a Zoom? A Zoom can't do the feed, the program feed to them, right? Yeah, you could. Hey, by the way, we're getting into the Zoom game. We've been late to it. I mean, it already. How, it already how are we getting on. into it? I think we're going to start using the Zoom for these conversations because I don't like that we have to hang up on you and then bring you back. We could just create a room, and I think they could join us in the room mm -hmm. and then leave. It feels like it. As long as it can be good quality. Well, we had to pay twenty bucks a month, and you're going to have to too, by the way. So that's something you're going to have to do as well. I'll send my right? card info over. <laughs> Perfect. No, I think you're going to have to do it at the house at your house. I think. I think. Oh, I'm going to have to pay for the Zoom account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For your account, yeah. For your account. Okay. Sounds good. Just if, write it off. Write it off, yeah. Tell the government. Like, a lot of those write-offs got taken away. What? Did they? Did they? I didn't know that. Yeah. Not when you were in the NFL, were you writing off a bunch of shit? I had guys that were like, oh, you should watch hey, that 60-inch television. Watching film on it, aren't you? Write yeah. it off. Because that's like, a big players love to do that. I had, I had a guy lease a Lamborghini and tell me he, he did oh I did through my LLC so it's a write off like oh cool cool still 25 grand a month or whatever it is <laughs> <laughs> oh you know what you're gonna get back probably uh, I don't know maybe 20 cents on your dollar there way to go dude way to maybe 15 uh, whatever the percentage is it's still a wasted uh, amount of cash just like almost the rocket launch yesterday that never happened because mm -hmm. it was on the Doppler wasn't going to happen anyways uh, AJ I can't thank you enough buddy you're the best every single time I get a chance to chat with you I enjoy it thanks guys appreciate it Jeff was a great guest as well so good job booking him hey thank you uh, Canada Dips by the way remember this Canada Dips can, What's that promo code? Can of dips. Promo code Lip Boomers. L I P B O O M E R S. All capital letters. Ten percent off. Big old can of dips. CBD right there. Just say it's good tobacco replacement. Do your thing. Get yeah. some CBD in your life. All right. That feels like the show. You have anything else to say, AJ? You got anything you want to tell people? No, I, I think I'm okay. I, I think you're. I'm more and more impressed by your ability to string together like a three-minute monologue that continues you have no filler words it's, it's just impressive You're, how your brain works like i'm, I'm continuing to learn AJ, every day how you. unique your brain is thank you aj thank you and you remember i told you from day one how this works i'm sprinting down a grocery <laughs> store aisle just grabbing things that i've learned and that's why if you got a rat in the house that leaves me bad information that thing's gonna be on the shelf and if i run down and grab it and everybody's like that was not accurate it's like son of a
bitch. We have learned to double and triple check everything we say pre-meeting because it will be said. It will be said. Pre-meeting conversation whenever. Uh, oh, if they, if they throw, they, if the boys spitball something at you, like. It sticks. It, like they could say anything and it's going gonna, it's gonna to pop into your brain during the show. Parallel you're universe. Gonna, you're yeah, going to yeah. act like it's fact. I have one of these uh, memories that pretty much can recall everything about a conversation if I'd like to. Like Rain Man. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I need to read that 21 book, by the way. But the, you know what I mean? I need to do that. But that is so easy. So easy to do. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. You just got to get a team, uh, like a team of like four or five geniuses together. Mm-hmm. You got being that. one of them. And then Check. you guys can count the cards Check. and. Ooh, this is a hot deck. Yep, Jeff. now it's in our favor. This is when we start betting big. Mm-hmm. That's what the whole thing was. Plus, plus one. Plus I saw three. the movie. I seen twenty one, but I just want to learn it because I'll do the hand signal behind there, and then Genius Diggs will come in, then Genius Smart. Nick will come in, then Genius Zito will I'll sit do down, one of these. and all of a sudden we're taking over to Pittsburgh Casino, Rivers Casino, that has just raked oh. us for all of our cash. Now we're doing a raking, bitch. Yeah, this means hot, yeah. hot deck, bitch. How many more bitch. months do you think you're gonna carry that bat with you? <laughs> Until baseball is irrelevant. This is the first time in a long time baseball has been hot topic conversation. And this bat right here has played professional baseball before. So a lot of people like to talk about me being a professional baseball player. I wasn't alone, okay? I was with my horse right here. My. Hey, what's weird, though, is if something like drastic doesn't happen, some big changes from either the players or the owner's side, like there's not going to be a baseball season. No chance, by the way. It, it has to happen so quick, too. Like how do you – you're so far apart right now. How do you bridge that gap in the next week? Well, the players are also so far apart. that That's just naturally going to happen. Think about the NFL-CBA negotiations. There was months and months, almost years of potential. Now they're trying to make that all happen, and it's – I don't want to be, you know, gloom and doom, bad news bears here, but it feels like there's no shot of that thing happening. And every day that passes leads me to believe it even stronger. What are you going to say, Ty? At the very least, I think they'd have to give them the prorated salaries where they basically just cut it in half for the games because the players have already said that like they're pretty much okay with that, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. The end is it, But aren't the owners seeing this too? Don't, do you think the owners could be like, okay, if we give them prorated, we don't get it, take a, a big chunk off, off of the prorated share that they get. We're going to be entering – we're going to be starting baseball win, basketball. All these people are having these tournaments that everyone's watching. Are the owners at the same time like, wait, people aren't going to turn in. Like baseball might be last on the list of what people want to watch if all of these sports come back at the same time. Plus, plus, this is the only sport that cannot go into the winter. Like they can't play baseball past November. Yeah, they're kind of soft. Right? If, you're in a host, if you have a couple host cities, Maybe, Florida, yeah, Arizona, yeah, you right. could. Yeah, they're kind of soft. though. You can't have host cities, though, because the local money is so big. Yeah. They can't do it. That's why all these governors are opening up their states strictly for baseball, basically. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all because the baseball people are like, hey, we need the local radio, local TV money. That's about it. Speaking of local, nope. We'll be back tomorrow, though. Only AJ. <laughs> Where were you going to go with that? Speaking of local, we'll see you Monday. Is that what you're going to say? Normally, I say something, and then the brain just figures out a way to transition in there, but got nothing, bro. Got nothing that time. It just <laughs> kind of went out there, and then I was like, Nah, there's literally nothing local about what will be local. That, that thought stayed local. Yeah, it did. It stayed right here. Yeah. Stay right here. Stay Tomorrow, though, we'll be worldwide again, right here on YouTube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee Show. One o'clock, McAfee and Hawk. Sports talk. Be a friend. Tell a friend. We'll see you. Minana. Shout out to Jeff Passon, AJ Hawk, the boys, and Canada Dips. Promo code Lip Boomers, 10% off. We'll see you tomorrow. Sports talk show on the internet. One or two, it's the standard time. So come on down for a minute. Catch the boys on YouTube.
Sorry for interrupting this <laughs> fabulous conversation. I mean, we were really talking good. Mm-hmm. Huh? Oh, yeah. Hey, I was proud of what we were talking. Yeah, great stuff. I mean, you're not going to hear that anywhere else. I was like, you know what? Those guys right there, the way they're talking, good. You know? <laughs> I hear you. Really good. Um, with the ever-increasing number of makes of cars, you know? Mm-hmm. You got Fiat. Sure. Kia. Yeah. Hyundai. Yep. Honda. Mm-hmm. Jeep. Yeah. GM. Yeah. Yuka. Nope. I miss it. Chevrolet. Chevy. Ford. Yeah. Cadillac. List goes on and on. Genesis. Uh, Eagle. Lincoln. Saturn. Ferrari. Tesla. Lamborghini. Audi. Uh, Volvo. Beamer. <laughs> Mercedes. Did you already use that? No. But I was just in Germany, though. That's like in, in my head, I couldn't. Maserati. Go to Italy. Ferrari, Lambo. Anyways, there is a never-ending number of car mix these days. And models. Now, let's go. Pacifica, (laughs) Civic, (laughs) Wrangler. Camry. Yukon, Escalade. Sport. (laughs) I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) It is now impossible to stock all the parts you could potentially need for a car in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Excuse me, is your car the Odyssey LX, PX, DX, OX, or EX? It's like, I don't know. I fucking bought it two years ago. They're like, well, what type of thing is this? It's kind of an intimidating thing because you feel like an idiot because you don't know every single thing about your car, which is what the people at the chain storefront need. And all they're going to do is type it into their little computer and they're only going to be able to offer you whatever they have in the store and that's why rock auto is a very rockauto.com is a very different operation they have everything your car could potentially need and it's very easy to utilize rockauto.com is a family business business serving auto part customers online for over 20 years go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds and hundreds of manufacturers they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet for your damn car everything you could possibly need rockauto.com has your traditional chain storefront just can't have everything that they have at rockauto.com best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals as do-it-yourselfers why spend up to twice as much for the same damn parts go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck write mcafee in there hey how'd you hear about us box so they know that we sent you that's right mcafee in there hey how'd you find out about us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car could ever need right now at rockauto.com joining us now (laughs) is an analyst on the nfl network and you can follow him on the Twitter at 89. Well, let me get it right here. This is on me. 89 Jones NTAF. Ladies and gentlemen, Super Bowl champion, James Jones. Hey! 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 
going on, fellas? What's what's on that hat there? Oh, that's San Jose State all day, man. Spartans. Okay, let's go. Those are my Spartans, by the way. I thought that was potentially a Michigan State hat, and we were going to have quite a conversation there. <laughs> no, sir. Better Spartans right here. Oh, SJSU all day. Man. How's life? How is the NFL Network? How is talking about football when we have no idea what the NFL season is going to look like, James? Man, shoot. Life is good, man. I'm PE teacher over here right now, man, with the kids, man. <laughs> So life is good, man. I mean, shoot, I'm dying for some football, man. I'm dying for some stuff to talk about as well, man. Just waiting for all this to be over. And it'll be over soon, but ready to get back to some football, man. I mean, the draft went on. A lot of teams made some moves. I mean, free agency went on. A lot of teams made some moves. A lot of teams got better. So I'm ready for this thing to unfold, man, so we can see what's going to happen. All right, let's talk about those in order that you mentioned them. The draft, the team that you played for and had a lot of success with, had an interesting round one. The Green Bay Packers pick up Jordan of the quarterback allegedly of the future at least three to four years down the road how do you feel about that whole thing and how do you feel about how aaron Rodgers has handled it in which he said like listen this isn't jordan love's fault i'm gonna be nice to him obviously the gm is looking ahead and everything like that how do you think this is going to potentially motivate aaron or what do you think this is going to do to the locker room man i wouldn't be surprised if aaron Rodgers wins mvp this year man oh. he's, a guy, <laughs> he's a guy who He's a guy who's all who's always gonna accept the challenge, man. He's gonna always rise to the occasion, man. And now you have a guy in the first round who eventually is gonna have to play. We don't know if it's gonna be four years. We don't know if it's gonna be two years. We don't know if it's gonna be ten. We don't know. But we know when you take a guy in the first round, they are gonna want to see him play before his contract is up. And Aaron Rodgers knows that he was one of those guys that was drafted in the first round and had those opportunities. So he knows for that. To push that back, you have to play at a high level. And I believe Aaron Rodgers is going to come out. He will win MVP this year. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder, and he already already has. He's a perfectionist. I've been around the guy for a very long time, man. He is a competitor. He's going to want to show the world that this is my team. This is my job for a very long time, man. But speaking of the draft, I was surprised, just like everybody else was surprised. You take Jordan Love. You're in the NFC Championship game. We're all watching the NFC Championship game like, man, if they could get another guy on the other side of Devontae Adams, if they could maybe add another pass rusher or something on defense, you know, dang, they could be right there. And then you're waiting in the draft. Oh, yeah, here go the receiver. Here comes. And then you see quarterback, and you're like, my goodness, you were in the NFC Championship. Aaron Rodgers' first year in your system. He's going into his second year. So I was surprised, but then I sat back and thought about it. Aaron Rodgers, 36 years old, you know, whenever Aaron Rodgers did get hurt or did go down, we come up, the backup quarterback didn't do that well, and the season is gone, you know what I mean, because we lost our best player on our team, so you want to prepare for situations like that, I don't think Jordan Love is going to get in the game for about three or four years, because I think Aaron has a lot of football left in him, but I understand why they did it. Hey, the FBI, the football power index. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is which is a computer says that the Green Bay Packers are are the 15th best team in the NFL from NFC Championship to 15 overall and the Cowboys are at number 5 somehow. What do you think oh. about stupid computers making decisions <laughs> like this? You know what man, I mean putting the Packers at 15, I mean you're looking at all the moves that all the teams have made and you're saying basically the Packers have not gotten better. 
you know. And to me, I think that's what a lot of people are saying. Did the Packers get better? And I think that's going to be, you know, a question that's going to be answered in training camp because the draft picks that they did draft, you know, the running back out of Boston College, how big of an impact is he going to be? But when you look at teams like the Niners and the Cowboys, you instantly say, dang, they got better with their draft pick, with their offseason. I mean, you add a C.D. Lamb over there to the Cowboys with already Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott with a big-time O-line and a Michael Gallup. I mean, that is, that, that's, yes, you know what I mean? It's hard to argue that. And speaking on top of that is I'm a big fan of Mike McCarthy. You are going in Coach Mike McCarthy's system, which is a receiver-friendly system. Like, these guys are going to get a lot of one-on-ones, a lot of opportunities to make plays, man. I'm telling you, the Dallas Cowboys are scary. I'm going on record saying Aaron Rodgers will win MVP, and I'm going on record saying the Dallas Cowboys will have the best record in the NFC. Okay, I'm going to write that wow. down. James Jones, NFL like Network. <laughs> <laughs> Mike McCarthy back in the coaching game. I was kind of yes. I was kind of surprised that the world had forgotten about Mike McCarthy as a head coach until Tom Pelissaro put out like the McCarthy Project or something like that, where he was in his basement, set up a full football facility, was putting a coaching staff together, was watching film, staying ready. His name had kind of drifted away in the football world, and then all of a sudden Jerry Jones brings him in. They stay the night together, have a good time. Now he's the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. You think good fit? You think Mike McCarthy is going to lead them to the promised land? Huh? Man, I think great fit, man. I know a lot of people want to, you know, kind of, you know, slap Mike in the back of the head for the last season he had with the Green Bay Packers and put all the blame on him for everything that for everything that went on. But when you really look at Coach Mike McCarthy, man, Coach Mike McCarthy won the Super Bowl. He has a street named after him in Green Bay. I mean, he has nine straight playoff appearances. I mean, Coach Mike is a big-time football coach. And me playing with Coach Mike for eight years, I'm going to tell you this. He is special at getting the best out of his players. He's special at taking care of his players, and that's going to get his players to fight harder for him. His schedule during this during the week, you come into that game, and you are going to feel lovely. You are going to feel fresh, and that is going to get his team to fight for him day in and day out. And on the offensive side of the ball, I can't speak for the defensive side of the ball, but for the offensive side of the ball, he is going to put his receivers and Dak Prescott in the best situation. And I think Dak Prescott is going to have a huge year in Coach Mike's offense. It's so free. It's so receiver friendly and quarterback friendly is going to give him a lot of chances to check out of plays. He hasn't signed a contract. His, what, what do you think is going to happen with the drama off the field, though, Jay? That literally has to be addressed at this point. I mean, that is something that has to be addressed for real. Absolutely. I mean, shoot, they're going to have to get them done. I mean, if you want to get to where you're trying to go, you got to get Dak Prescott done. I mean, period. You know, I was saying the same thing about Zeke. I believe Dak Prescott and Zeke go hand in hand. If you want to get to the Super Bowl and you want to get where you're trying to go, you have to get Dak done. Is it going to take a lot of money? Yes. Whose fault is it? It's the Cowboys' fault because they waited so long to get Dak done. So everybody's like, Dak's not worth this much. He's not worth that much. Yes, he is because it's his time. And this is the money that they are paying the quarterback. Whether you think he's worth it or not, this is is the value of the quarterbacks right now. It's a lot of quarterbacks making a lot of money that Dak Prescott has did more than. You know what I mean? So it's his time to get paid. So if they want to get to where they're trying to get, and that is obviously the Tampa to the Super Bowl, they have to get Dak Prescott signed. It's so interesting because there are stories coming out about how he turned down this, he turned down that. July 15th, massive yeah. day for the Cowboys. If Andy Dalton's the quarterback with Mike McCarthy's offense, do they win? 
See, I, I say they do win because just I'm one of those dudes who's a fan of Andy Dalton. I feel like Andy <laughs> Dalton can make every single throw. You know, I feel like I'm telling you, man, Coach Mike's offense is quarterback receiver friendly. So I feel like he'll be able to get on the same page with these receivers very soon. You know what I mean? Because the offense is not super complicated. It just allows you to play fast. And when you have the type of playmakers the Cowboys have and the type of playmakers we had, that's why we put that offense in. We had Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, Donald Driver, myself, Randall Cobb. So you line up, you play, and everybody plays free. Aaron could check in to certain stuff, check out a certain stuff, get you in the right play to change one route and you're just off and running and that's what the cowboys have so i can see andy dalton having a lot of success in that system i hope Dak gets all the money but i hope everybody gets a billion dollars that's what i <laughs> you hope. and me both man i'm all for the players man i'm that's what i'm saying hey if you have the upper hand right now and it's your time hey get your money get your chickens dude james i saw you tweet that uh the raiders were building that ferrari is uh, is Derek Carr going to be driving that Ferrari all season long, or does Mariota have a chance of uh, taking and over? Mar- Mariota has zero chance. <laughs> hey, Derek they're paying Carr. him, though. They are paying him. Yeah, that's Derek Carr team, man. Let me tell you something. Hey, I had a chance, man, to bounce around this league, man, and play with a couple teams and some quarterbacks, man. And let me tell you something. Derek Carr is special, man. He's a special thrower of the football. You know, and a lot of people think like, oh, man, he ain't did this and he ain't did that. Look at what he's had. He's had He hasn't had a big-time defense to help him out like a lot of these quarterbacks had. All the, all the pressure and, and to win games has been on his shoulders, and he hasn't really had a lot of the talent. And when he did have a lot of the talent, he was in the MVP conversation, and he got hurt before the playoffs and messed the whole Raiders season up. Coach. So I believe Derek Carr is a special quarterback. The keys to the cars is his. Marcus Mariota is not even up there in the type of ca- caliber quarterbacks that Derek Carr is, in my humble opinion. Jordy Nelson said the same damn thing. And once you start thinking about the turnover of offensive coordinators and players and things of that nature, it makes a lot of sense. I think before we let you go, I think we got a, a maybe a PE student in the room there. Just got you there. <laughs> my little man just woke up, man. He always come in here messing with daddy. He don't never sleep. He wake up. <laughs> <laughs> well, good morning, buddy. Have a great day today. Your dad just absolutely crushed it. You can see, see him on NFL Network and follow him at 89JonesNTAF. What does NTAF mean? Never think about failure. You yeah, got it. Man. You got it. Let's go get to success. James Jones. I appreciate yeah. We have to get to him. Appreciate you guys, man. You too, James. It was awesome. Um, never think about failure. That's all I think about. See, that's the difference between you and James Jones. <laughs> There's some others as well, but that is one that I think we can pinpoint and say that guy is James Jones and that guy is Anthony DeGilio. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. So sorry to interrupt, but I need to tell you about the greatest shorts to ever exist. Okay, everybody knows I got big thighs. Skies out, thighs out. Quad father, all these things. So finding shorts is not easy. It's not easy to find shorts that fit. It's not easy to find things that are comfortable and move with me and have the liner inside that acts as boxer briefs, but is even more comfortable because it's not actually a part of the, you get it. It is bird dogs. Bird dogs are gym shorts with a built-in silky soft inner liner that makes underwear obsolete. Ha, obsolete. They also make the best pants that I've ever worn. 
When you put these shorts on, you're going to be like, hey, I understand way back in the day, way back in the day, they tried to make the bathing suits that had the thing that held your kit and caboodle together. They were trying to eliminate underwear, so you didn't have to get your underwear wet when you jumped in the pool. Well, bird dogs came along, revolutionized it, and made the most comfortable thing ever. You don't have to put on underwear, and you can wear these shorts in the gym. You can wear them in the pool, and you can even wear them to an office meeting if you have to. They look damn good, and the pants are fantastic as well. Right now, you go to birddogs.com and enter promo code PAT, and they'll throw in a free pair of nunchucks. Yup. You heard it. Nunchucks. You'll get an actual murder weapon along with your pair of bird dogs. That's birddogs.com, promo code PAT, and boom, free pair of nunchucks with your pair of bird dogs. You will not take these things off, I promise you. They are fantastic. I worked out in them today. I'll sleep in a pair tonight. You'll enjoy the hell out of them. Birddogs.com, promo code PAT. You get a free pair of nunchucks. Hoi! All right. Hey. Have the best weekend that you can possibly have. Maybe it's a good weekend to write down goals and what you want to accomplish on the other side of this quarantine. What will life look like on the other side of it? Because guess what? Texas is opening up stadiums, 25% capacity. Georgia, Florida, Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey. Here we go. Here we go. We're doing it. Let's enjoy this weekend. I'll see you on Tuesday. Remember, if you like this show, please tell a friend. Please, please, we'd appreciate you mucho. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music.